Radio Internet. You yeah. are tuned in to the Combat Jack Show, the Combat Jack Show. Yo, what's up, Pete? What's going on, Compact? Man, I'm turned up. Yo, Internets, what the fuck is up, man? What the fuck is going Shit. on with y'all out there? It's been a couple of hot weeks over here on the Combat Jack show. Couple of hot weeks. Couple of hot guests. A lot of speculation as to what's going on. Am I sellout, <laughs> Jack? No Combat Jack, PC Jack. I see y'all. Yo, listen, let me tell y'all something. I don't really want to get into it because I want to move away from that nonsense, but I want to tell y'all this. This is the Combat Jack Show. This is the Combat Jack Show. Premium Pete, Dallas Penn, DJ Benjamin, A King, Matt Raz, Just Blaze, and myself. Over the past four years, we have crafted this show to where it is today. So when outside forces come in and say, no, this is going to be the so-and-so show or the so-and-so show or this and that, no, this is the Combat Jack Show. We will have on this show whoever the fuck we want on this show yeah every show is not gonna be hot every show is not gonna be turned up but every show is going to be the combat jack show so i see y'all with the yo listen all you listeners out there the the original cats that have been riding with us for four years thank y'all y'all know what this is the new motherfuckers that's coming in because of the hype and this and that i love that y'all are coming in but if y'all think this is something else go over there there's like a million other podcasts y'all could fuck with. Don't come here with the yeah all that yeah <laughs> niggas. Go fuck yourself, B. And I'm not taking this personally, but I take pride in what I do every motherfucking week. Did anybody buy me off, motherfuckers? Are y'all crazy? Pay y'all off. motherfuckers really think there's money in this podcast and shit, man? Go jump off a short bridge, motherfucker. <laughs> Listen, it's so hot right now. There's so much shit going on. Y'all know what it is, man. A lot of disrespect. You know what I'm saying? The rap emperor has new clothes right now. Mm. He's walking around with no clothes on. His balls is hanging out. Niggas is talking about that shit looks like Versace. What the fuck is wrong with (laughs) y'all? Hey, wait, hold on. Let me, yo, shout out to Angie Martinez. You know what I'm saying? She, She respectfully left. You know what I'm saying? Hot 97. No shots to Hot 97, even though you need, yo, shout out. To Angie Martinez, she went over to Power 105. There's a lot of shit going on. I told y'all niggas, man. I told y'all niggas, listen, this is not personal. But y'all motherfuckers, this is, this is an opportunity. Every motherfucker that gets a dime on this platform, in this format, it's an opportunity. Y'all cannot be disrespecting the work and the legacy of people that risk their lives, literally risk their lives so y'all niggas could talk all types of flim-flam on the radio. Y'all can't win this. Y'all got to be humble. Or y'all got to get moved the fuck out the way. Anyway, y'all niggas is being moved out the fuck out the way anyway, man. So listen, man, y'all had a good run. If y'all niggas don't humble yourselves, y'all going to be out of here anyway, and, and, and you're creating too much toxicity. Going on, going on to, the, to the next topic, you know. It's all shit is all related to it. Ah, it's mm. so nasty and tangled. You know, uh, for the past before the shit got really messy for about a year and a half, I really, really been pursuing uh, Chuck D to be on the show because that's what we do. We we interview some new cats, but you know the the, the bread and butter of this show is like really bringing the texture and the context and you know just just the backstories of the people that made this culture great. You know what I'm saying? So. I came up from the era where Chuck D was that man. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are honorable Chuck D. He taught a lot of us, black and white and Asian and whatever else, about pride, racial pride and, 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 and standing up and speaking for what's right. And once again, risking your life for this shit. 
this edutainment thing. But, you know, Chuck D never responded until it really got hot. And one of the last tweets that he specifically directed to me was like, yo, I'm not coming on your show. I don't really do interviews. But you go, go speak to Buckshot. Buckshot's been on the show. Go speak to so-and-so. Go speak to Bumpy Knuckles. Mm. That's Chuck D. You know what I'm saying? When Chuck D tells me to move left, I'm moving left. When Chuck D tells me to move right, I'm moving right. So he told me to get Bumpy Knuckles on the show. Internet tonight, we got Bumpy Knuckles, Freddie Fox on the Combat Jack show. What's up, Freddie Fox? Yo, yo, thank you for having me, dude. Thank you for being on the show, man. Yeah, definitely glad to be here, man. I think think it's a good opportunity to, you know, say what I got to say about what I feel I got to feel I got to say about. So whatever it is, it is. Let's do it. Freddie, I see you on social media. Yes. And I've seen you had like an internet radio show. Yes. And I see your presence online. Yes. So therefore, you know, from someone that comes from our era, Mm -hmm. you know, you're relevant in this thing. You're not some cat that just said, I'm not going to, you know, do social media and be in my little Mm -hmm. hole. And like back in the day, I was great. And this is how, you know what I'm saying? I hate that rap conservative shit. Like, you know, that, that rap steak, like we used to wear our pay. Like, you know, you know that that's, that's toxic also. Yes. But, but you, but I see you. What the fuck is going on, man? Well, you know, the one thing that I do know is is with with hip hop for me is about con- continuing the legacy. You know what I mean? I don't believe that. I think I think the picture that's been painted for artists from the '90s and and even before that is that after you hit a certain age, you should stop rapping or stop making hip hop music. And to me, that's like that's like throwing a knife. Right into the heart of some of the some of the main cats that you know help get you to these other guys to the next level. Hip hop is not about how old you are, how long you've been doing it. it. You know, it's just like telling you know Smokey Robinson not to sing no more, or telling Aretha Franklin not to sing no more. It's like not not that I'm that age, but is that you know we all headed in an older direction. You know, how can you tell a cat that's an OG, you know, to stop doing something that you're aspiring to be? A OG or, or or a legend or some sort of a platform of a person that's been in this business a long time. I, I love being I love music. I like making music. And I don't I think being able to find a way to do it, you know, through all the mayhem and the, and the web of, you know, no, no pun intended, but the web of a bullshit that goes on in the game, you know, learning and learning the Internet, learning how to use. I mean, me and Maceo from De La Soul was doing Ustream when it was fun. Like, mm. you know, before they I think they may have sold a company two or three times. We still stuck with it. You know what I mean? And then now they charge you an arm and a leg to keep the commercials off your show. But we still keep rocking because there's a lot of music that needs to be heard. So between me and Primo and and uh, DJ Eclipse and. And, uh, you know, a bunch of other guys out there that's playing a certain sound. That's our that's our duty is to keep that music out there, keep making new music and keep sending that kind of music out there because we're not hearing it on, you know, traditional commercial radio. So yeah, we're not listening. We don't hear it on terrestrial radio. And I'm even surprised because, you know, I drive a lot and I listen to satellite right. radio. Right. And, and it was a couple of Saturdays ago, man. I'm in the car listening to, to you know, I don't want to listen. To, 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 to the old hip-hop shit every day. You right, know what I'm saying? Right, no doubt. So I'm in the car on a Saturday with my six-year-old daughter. And I was like, I can't play this shit. Right. Like, everything is bitch this, yeah. bitch that. You know what I'm saying? It, not, yeah. it ain't nothing to cut that bitch off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, but it's, it's just that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So, yeah. But did you ever think we would live in a time where 
the like like you're a certain type of dude. You come mm-hmm. from a certain type of cloth. Right. Did you think? And you we know this industry mm-hmm. is rife with fuckery. It's always been rife with Absolutely. fuckery. But did you ever think it would be a time when the fuckery it'd be like almost like yo this shit is red but it's really blue. Yeah. Yeah, I've been saying this since the '90s. I mean, when I did Industry Shakedown, yes. <clears throat> when I did Industry Shakedown, whatever, you know, everything that Damon Dash is talking about right now, I was talking about that in the '90s. You know, everything that you know, everybody's so in uproar about right now. I was in, and and I was saying that in the '90s, and and I attribute that to they hadn't gone through it yet. You know what I mean? Some of these guys were were actually working with the same people that now they can't stand. When I was telling them, yo, these guys are devils, man. They snakes and they, they, you know, and then it's, it's how they play the game. You know what I mean? When you, when you go in as an artist in a, into a record company and you know this, you know, you go in, you know, gun ho ready to be successful at it. It's like, you're almost a, you're a pawn. You're big. You're just a pawn. You know, they send you on these, these, these promotional runs. There's a lot of budget stealing going on and all kind of shit where you, you, you know, they'll take a nigga out the barbershop. And make him an A and R just because he he listens to a lot of music, but his qualifications is cutting hair and right, shit. Right, right. And I mean, I hear that, but at the end of the day, you rob banks with bank robbers, man. You know what I'm saying? When you when you put somebody in a position to be an executive in the music business, I mean, I I, I was I'm still tripping over urban music department, mm. but I attribute that to them not calling it black music because they got to explain a white man running the black music department. Yes. So they call it the urban music department. It's like, it's still something wrong with that to me. You know what I mean? Because I don't understand where hip hop has, has gone to the point now where it sounds like you're calling pop music, hip hop music. You know what I'm saying? And you're taking, you know, you're taking uh, uh, good rap songs that, and, and remixing them with these pop artists but you won't play the original record in your playlist. Playlists have gotten so short. Right. Gary Coleman is taller than the playlist. Right. Some of these motherfucking or, stations. Or there's even a fear right now. And and listen, like, understand, it's, it's, it's not, I don't want to put a conspiracy thing out there. Mm. And I don't want to be like, this is for this and this is for that. I don't want to be divisive. But it's so crazy that we live in an age right now there where there is an obvious fear of saying that hip hop is black music. Like you can't yeah. even say that right now. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, to me it's like this. When you have when you have something so powerful, I mean, it's the only genre of music to me that has bonded so many cultures together. You yes. know what I mean? And I've been saying this for for eons. You know, I've had conversations with with, you know, Irish kids and Polish kids and Greek kids and, you know, Europeans all over the world that my parents would have never had a conversation with their parents. They didn't have nothing to talk about. Right. But, you know, that drum, that African drum, that that beat, you know what I mean? That's what it is. The spoken word. Yeah, and, and, and the spoken word, the, the beats, the drums. The cadence. The, 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 the fact that the DJ, you know what I mean? It's like they've, they've turned it into like a cookie cutter type of thing now where anybody can do it. They try to make it so simple and simplify it. You know, when you come from an era of where it was built from and that's guys that 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 are that are even partaking in the, in the fuckery that come from that from you know, from our culture from our culture that, but from that from that era it's like i'm not saying that everything should be 90s i'm not saying right. that everything should be oh i think it just needs to be balanced and right. that's i don't think i don't see nothing wrong with saying that i don't i don't see nothing wrong with i mean they look at you sideways if you complain about a service 
that's being done called radio right. or or service that's being done. You know, there's no mom and pop stores no more. There's no record stores no more. Everything is online. So you, you, you got radio. It's always a cool thing, man, to turn on the radio in your car and just hear a balance of music. I think it it inspires people who make music to play music that inspires you to make music. It's like, that's just what it is. It's like you got old school music that, that needs to be played. You got new music that needs to be played, but you got a playlist that's six songs deep. Four inches, four yeah, inches. You know what I'm saying? Ah, yeah. Six songs deep. And it's like, you you know, when I leave the studio five, six in the morning, I turn on the radio because I want to hear the news. You know? So you'll hear like one song come on. Take me about 30, 40 minutes to get to the crib. Same song. Same song three times right. in 40 minutes. Right. Something wrong with that. Yeah, and, and there's something wrong with, with what we're placing value in. Like, I, I did a, a roundtable recently at, at Complex, yeah. and the topic came up of uh, Iggy Azalea. Now, the song Fancy is a smash. It's, it sounds mm-hmm. like a great Gwen Stefani song. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the topic came up as to whether she was a credible rapper. Mm. And motherfuckers were looking me in my face saying, yes. Yeah, she's a credible rapper. These motherfuckers are top ten and I was, dead squirrel. I was man. like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yes, she can rap. She can rap like my six-year-old daughter can rap. You know what I'm saying? A to the B, C. Like, she yeah. can do, but to say she's a credible, like this, like, like niggas have, y'all have lost your fucking mind. Yeah, I mean, you know what it is, man. I mean, anytime anybody can be in a top ten. That's why, you know, I don't really focus so much on that anymore. Like, right. my thing is, you know, you have to find your zone and you have to find your lane or whatever you want to call it. And you have to rock with that. Like I, you know, whatever the fans that I, when I go do tours and do shows or whatever, the people that show up that know what I do, that fuck with what I do, that's who I care about. Right. You know, I I don't, I don't look for validation. You know, I'm listening to radio as a, as a, as a person who loves music. I'm not, I don't care if I, I don't have a history of radio play, so I don't give a fuck about all of that. Right. You know, so that's why I was able to get online and and, and play records that, you know, guys who deal with what I deal with. You know what I mean? Uh, Don't that don't get radio play. I love the fact that I can play these guys music, you know, Brown Bag All Stars and Matthew Ragazzino and and, 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 uh, all these other young guys that are coming out doing hip hop the way I like to listen to the music I like to listen to. I love that I can do that. You know what I mean? Um, Vanderslice producers like Mm. that and guys like that that you know, that, that are really making good beats and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of young MCs out there that every, every new artist doesn't suck. You know right. what I mean? See, see the, the argument that, then even people on our team have said that the argument is when I was complaining last year about the Grammys mm-hmm. and saying that this has been the most vanilla Grammys we've ever seen. Yeah. And it's in the existence of that. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, cats were saying, yeah, but you know, the younger cats ain't coming with it. I'm like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? Like, the, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's thousands of cats mm-hmm. that's out there waiting to be heard. Now, now you know what? This is, this is. I don't want to sound like what I didn't want this show to be. Like mm-hmm. me and you, like, yeah. I mean, well, they gonna do that anyway. You, you can't, you can't, you can't change the fact that people gonna say they gonna use words like irrelevant, right. angry, old heads. You know, old heads. They gonna say stupid shit like that only because there's no other way to slip out of the fact that you're being gunned at you right. know what i mean just the gun is pointed at you so you you gotta say shit that that gets you out of the aim of line of fire so you can't really care about that it's gonna be that like the like i can take anybody i don't care who you are i can take you 
in a, in a, on a ride with me and show you a spot in, in this society where you're irrelevant. Mm. And, and I'm going to tell you all so, this, I mean, Internet. Nothing. I've been in this industry for a long time, and y'all can say whatever the fuck y'all will about me. Like, shit just slides off my back. But y'all motherfuckers would be crazy to say any sideways shit about Bumpy Knuckles. No, I, I don't say that because, you know what? What I, you mean don't say that, Bumpy? Just say, Come on, Bumpy, don't be as smooth now. <laughs> no, I'm not being smooth. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Because you know what? You're going to put a battery in somebody's back and get their head split open. That, that's <laughs> yo, what's going to happen. Yo, dude. if that's what's going to you know what? I, and I don't, I don't want to do that. Allegedly. I don't want to you know do that. You guys get these little loud mouth got... motherfuckers out here talking stupid. <laughs> don't do that to these niggas, I, man. I just, I don't, I, 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 my thing is, because you, you know, because everybody, everybody, everybody's so super loose you know cyber thugging and all that shit yeah. I'm, I'm not really with all that right. I, my thing is let's say let's say what it is for real what it is for real is you know cats have 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 studied their favorite artists mm-hmm. and now there's a there's a there's a diminished uh uh how can i say there's there's a lack of fan base that's present because everybody wants to be an artist now because they figured out, oh, I think I can do this premiere beat kind of like Primo. I get I get texts and emails and all kind of shit that say, yo, I got beats for you, kind of Primo sounding. A word? I want to fucking call premiere if I yeah. want music. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I get, you know what I'm saying? I got dudes that will say, yo, dog, I got I got joints for you, man. Kind of feel like Pete Rock shit. I fucking call Pete Rock if I want music. Like, don't, don't if I like individuals that know how to make music that have something that 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 challenges you know my ability to spin on it you know like i get i, I turn down so many collaborations dog cats offer me money to rock on their songs mm. i don't do it i don't care how much money you got i don't care how many shows you offer me niggas is out here doing shows for 150 dollars a night trying to exist mm. and i don't do that shit i just I, yo dog i'll fall back i'm good i don't i don't trip off of that like you know what i mean because the thing is, you have to remember when you make these records and your career's not as popping as it was in a certain era and you go and doing songs with these just random motherfuckers that think they can spit or think that they can make music, that shit is out there forever because the upload buttons is on fire right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And you're giving credibility to somebody like Mac Miller, for instance. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about it. Let's, let's go to Mac Miller. Yes. All right. Now, Mac Miller used all of these name brand guys that he knew to give himself credibility. And then when he did an album, he didn't call none of them motherfuckers. Right. They was all on his mixtape, but none of them was on his album. Nobody got a check. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and, 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 and whatever. Niggas is saluting him. I don't salute him. Right. Do because we, that shit he did with Lord Finesse, there's a lot of cats that went against Lord Finesse for that. Now, you know, I, Lord I was, Finesse was on the show. Yeah, and he, I and heard. he talked about it. And I he was, said that I wasn't he, feeling that. He shit, said he man. was he was hurt because some of the legends that that he looked up to was like, "Yo, you 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 fucking up suing Mac Miller." He's like, "Yo, y'all don't like for real." Fuck out of here with that shit. Like like like. Okay, so did they call? Did they call? Uh, did they call? fucking uh barry white when he his, his estate when he sued motherfuckers did they call you know what i mean the, my thing is that shit don't make no sense right like you can't just take people's shit and then do what you want with it but my whole point for saying him was and and and, and not to beat up on mac miller but uh, i do th- i do think the kid can rap well. oh no he like, can rhyme he can rap his ass off he can rhyme i, I think he's a dope rapper right. i think he's a good rapper yes you know what i mean it's like there's a lot of good rappers out here but my thing is you know like he he tweeted one day he thought him and Tupac would be friends good friends mm-hmm. and I I tweeted him back and I said why why do you think that 
<laughs> what did he say? He man? didn't say shit. Right. He didn't answer me. But Tupac would have answered me back. Then. Right. Now, now I'm, I'm glad that you bring that up, man, because, you know, in going through your history, you talk about how you and Tupac were good friends. Yeah, that man. was my guy, man. That like, like t- tell us about that relationship, how y'all met and like what that was. You know man. what? Pac, Pac and I met. It was it was in. The, he did a song with me called Don't Fuck With A Killer in the 90s. <laughs> yes. yeah, 90s. And it was like. You know, it was almost like kind of like how, how I met a lot of my friends from that era. We just kind of bonded. It's like, you know, my music. I know yours. We meet each other. Boom. Automatically. Yo, what's up, man? Yo, nice to meet you. And then we became cool. You know, we had a lot of phone conversations. I got letters. I still got my letters from jail that we were back and forth writing. You know, when he was in Denimora, I still keep those. You know, and a lot of people I see a lot of people selling them and mm. shit online and all post. I, I put I put that per that's a personal thing for me, you know right. what I mean? And and those letters, you know, have a lot of information in them that I, that would kind of do a lot of cats dirty. Right. You know, but I, I I my thing is to keep them where they are, you know what I mean? And 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 you know, Pac was one of them guys that just just always intricate, man, with everything. Like very deep, you know, conversations. You know, the pe- the person you see on camera, you know, is the person that he is in private, but just toned down. Mm. You know what I mean? He is who he is. And and, and I re- I love Tupac, man. I still I still listen to his music online. I got all his catalog in my in my and I play a lot of that stuff still, man. And it's sad that, you know, the only time you really hear Pac is when Mother's Day come around and they play Dear Mama. Dear Mama you right. know what I mean? Right. You know, I think he's a lot he deserves a lot more than that, man, because he a lot of these niggas think they Tupac. Mm. You know, a lot of these motherfuckers think they Tupac. <laughs> Niggas is saying Biggie's rhymes on their records right now. It's like, it's 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 weird to me, man. But they don't. I don't really hear too many Biggie records out right, there. Right, right. There's no on, Biggie records. You know, right. you no know, Biggie quality records. You know, and I'll I'll tell you, man. I got caught up like in the whole East Coast West Coast thing. Yeah. So I was like, and Tupac's cadence was a little different to me at the time. Me being a uh, a New York cat and and mm-hmm. and listening to rap patterns, mm-hmm. so I wasn't really fucking with Tupac. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I always thought that Tupac was overrated, but as the years pass, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I've gotten a lot more. And 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 internet, I see some of y'all dick riders out there saying, "Oh, combat is flip flopping because mm-hmm. Freddie Fox is in the building." No, fuck <laughs> you. I'm saying this because this is the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like over the years, like this past year, I've really been listening to to All Eyes on Me and really appreciating it more than when it came out years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things I heard recently was Sway was talking about one of the last conversations he had with Tupac mm-hmm. was Tupac was shaking things up mm-hmm. with this whole with this whole East Coast West Coast thing. Mm-hmm. But his whole thing was like just to really, like his next step was really to unify. Mm-hmm. Did you did you ever have those conversations with him about that? Pac was angry at New York because right. of what happened to him. You know what I mean? And we had and because and and let me just say this for the record, like I thought Biggie was one of the coolest guys. That, that I ever met in hip hop history that I've, since I've been in the game, you know, I met him in flavor unit when I did, um, easy Mo B did a so tough remix for me in 93. And I like that record, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. He did a banging remix. Like it was, it was, it was fire. Like I thought it should have been a single, right. but you know, he did. And he brought Biggie with him. And I remember Biggie standing in the, in the foyer there, the little area, the little lobby area. And he had on a f- army fatigues and shit, and he was like, "Yo, man, it's, I'm, it's nice to meet. Nice to meet you. you." know, he was real, real cool with me and shit, man. And I just, I knew a lot of cats that knew him, so like, just saying that, uh, just knowing who he was alone, I don't believe that 
so much anger toward him was necessary. Right. Because he's an easy dude to talk to. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't really get a chance to build with Pac about that because when he got out of jail, he was on the West Coast for, for you know, most of that time. And when he, when he did come to New York, you know, it was around, I think, the MTV Awards or mm. something like that. And he had gotten back to L.A. and he was like, yo, I got I got I want to do this deal with you. You know what I mean? With uh, Machiavelli Records. Mm. And we were discussing that. So I called him. I called him the day he was going to the fight. Mm. And his cousin answered the phone and he said, yo, Pac is on his way. You know, in the limo to the or in the car going to Vegas to go to the fight. I was like, all right, bet, you know, and then um, the next thing I know, he was he was gone after that. You know, that was my last time. The last time I spoke to him was when he was in New York and we had a brief conversation. I called him at the hotel he was staying at, you know, and Eric B was like, yo, Pac is here. And I was like, "Okay, bet. So I reached out to him and we got a chance to rap. But I didn't get from him that he was um, he was he was putting on some kind of a air about anything or trying to put ketchup on it i i know the media put a lot of shit in the game right you know and then everybody had the sad face when we lost two you know great mcs and this bit this this, this that was that was more tragic yeah, to that, me that than was, anything man that shit hurt you know just to see guys you know when i mean i remember where everybody you can't never talk about Pac without talking about biggie i don't know too many people who can say one person's name without saying the other because they're so connected you know, because that seemed to be the focus. But both of these guys had illustrious careers outside of that drama. You know what I mean? Just listen that to the drama didn't define them. It didn't define them. Just listen to the music. The music is what it was really about. You know, Biggie was had an amazing ability with words and Tupac was so diverse with his and his and passionate about his subject matter. His subject matter and the stuff that he talked about and where you know, being raised under the Black Panthers and then bringing that to the music platform. You know, and then you got all these outside motherfuckers who jumping on sides and all that shit. That to me, that shit was corny. It was like, you know, it's like two niggas you cool with. If they going to box, let them get in the fucking middle of the street and yeah, box. Yeah. Make the circle so everybody stay out. And then let's go get some motherfucking <laughs> beer after this shit. It, you know, it should have been it should have been, been just that if it was going to be anything. Right. But all that outside influence from people just throwing gas on shit made it real corny, man. And And, 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 it, and it was sad. You know, to to you know, especially for the their mothers and 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 all of their crew, like you know, like you know, when you got you know their crews and their teams, and I mean, guys putting other rappers in position to be next and all you that shit. Cats jobs. It was a lot of shit lost with them cats dying, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was it was really it was really a definite um detriment to 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 hip hop to me, just to just to many other lives as well. You know what I mean? But and, and, and what's crazy is years later, you know, as things start to unfold and come to the light, you really see that, yeah, even though he shouldn't, Pac shouldn't have been mad at certain cats, he did have a right to be mad at New York and certain individuals that was in that circle. Yeah, I mean, being from, from the Bronx, you were damn right. You, he's home. Yeah. How you home and you can't get, you know, balance in your, in your own city? It's Niggas like, are setting you up, man. Yeah, that, whatever happened to him out here, man, that shit was, wasn't cool. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know... However he handled it, he could have dealt with it a little bit better. But I do believe he had outside influences that just told him to go. He had a right to be pissed off. Right. Definitely had a right to be mad. But the battery in the back but wasn't. But the battery wasn't a good look either. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's what I think happens with a lot of these rap dudes because 
you get certain cats from the street who get behind them and say, yo, man, do that. I got you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden these motherfuckers puff up and, you know, it is it turns into something else. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, man, like in the studio, he was a leader yeah. in the studio. Can you can you explain yeah. that? He um he, he was one of them guys that like when, when we did when we did Killer, it, it was like me, him and um and Ray Benzino. And I noticed like Pac would come in. He came right in. You know, I, I put the music up. That's a crazy combination yeah, right there. B. It was wild. And I put, the, I put I put the music up, and you know he came to the table right away with ideas. Yo, man, we should do this and put this here and put that there. I never really worked with nobody like that before, at least lyrically. Right. You know, with producers. Yeah, yeah, producers like like producers do that. You know, that's producing. It's real like, producers, not real, beat makers. You know, like a Primo and a Pete and a you know even Alchemist. They'll they, they'll come to the table and say, Yo, man. I think it would be dope if you did this or you said this different. Pac was more, most, most rappers kind of try to hold a verses back. So nobody can hear their shit until it's that time, which is fucking corny. But <laughs> you know, you're going to say what the fuck you're going to say anyway. Right. But Pac was like, yo man, we should do this. This, I got this idea in the front. We'll put this skit and you got, and, and your, your line, he like, he wrote like a mini movie in the beginning and he said, yo, you say this. He wrote lines for me, him and stretch and all that. And I still got the, the, uh, the rhyme he wrote like he signed the paper like i, I do that shit too when i do rhymes for you keep people. everything i keep all of the lyrics written down because you know you documenting your words throughout history and i from the first time i wrote a rhyme to now i got all my books man I mean, you've been to the studio you see i got all my shit and i got you know i sign a, a i sign something on the bottom that i never tell people what it say but you know i know what it means right and Pac was like that he got he wrote his rhyme and he said fox i'm gonna say my shit here you say your shit there, and Zeno, you come and say your shit here. You know he was a, he was definitely that way, and I never really experienced that with with rappers in the studio. How did you respond to that? Because I know I rappers have egos. I thought too. it was dope. Right. I thought it was dope. Reason I, th- I thought you know who else is like that? Let me just say I think one other KRS One is like that. Mm. Those are only two. Everybody else is kind of laid back, and you know they don't. You know those two guys didn't care whether they went first or last. They just did what they did. Right. You know. Um, I had the experience of writing with Kane one time, mm-hmm. but we wrote together four lines here. You'd say this next line. We did that. But Pac was really direct with he it. He was an orchestra. He was, was direct. Direct. Yeah. he was directing. He was, he was directing. like, you know, and he sat behind the board like he was engineering when I did my verse. And I thought, I thought that shit was all right, man. Because <laughs> I'm always the one in that position. You know right. what I mean? When, you, when you're technically sound in the studio and a lot of cats just know, record me. And you, <laughs> you know, most niggas just go and they go, all right, yo, are you ready? Okay, I'm going to count. I'm, I'm going to go right. Just just count me in. You know, that's usually what you hear. Right. You know, but this wasn't that. You know what I mean? It's like he, he knew what he was doing. And, right. I, and, and, and he, I mean, and ready to do another song. Like, I wish I had something ready back then because we was, this wasn't like, I, I had made the beat right there in Power Play Studios, mm-hmm. you know? And he showed up with a bunch of dudes, man. And I didn't know who was at the door because I remember that studio got robbed a couple times so when I answered the door I had a big ass pump shotgun in my hand you talk about how they had nothing but guns in the studio yeah man. it was wild when he showed up he showed up heavy you know right. what I mean but they walked into a room full of guns so right. it wasn't like it was <laughs> it wasn't like you know it wasn't like he she showed up with one but I you know but then he, we was laughing about that shit later tons you know of mean? guns yeah, you know you got Benzino and his crew in there oh, and me and my crew in yeah. there it, it, it was like a, three armies. Like, it it like would have been, been an arsenal, man. <laughs> Yo, it would have been a nasty arrest if somebody would have the jakes on it. So. Yo, <laughs> killing you on the mic and in person. I you know. know. You talk about another incident, man, uh, uh, another experience you had that really shows 
like the fuckery was going on right now. Yeah. You talk about you being in the studio with Chuck D. Yes. And you know, you what what project was this that you were talking um with Chuck? Chuck Chuck did a song called Step mm-hmm. on um I I, I want to say that was when I was on Flavor Unit. Right. And um when he came to I didn't expect him to come. I was really happy and shocked. I mean, I you know, Chuck is from the island, so I was like, you know, big look man to have chuck d walk in and the first thing he told me was like you know i'm on the three top most wanted list hit list he was hit, on the hit, hit list. list like either the skinheads or the it was, the, it was the, the skinheads the ku klux klan and the neo-nazis or something like they that. were all gunning all gunning for right him, you know what i mean and um i was I, I i was like wow that's heavy you know so we went to the door we looked out the door like make sure that you know because it, it, it automatically turned my team into security for him right like, you know because we knew he wasn't bullshitting. Right. Don't nobody walk around saying no shit like that. And you believe it because of the shit that the the nerves that he was touching on yeah. back then. I mean, yeah, when, when you're making records and you're talking about, you know, the, the government, the government and, and Jewish people and, and white, superior, white superior supremacy, and, supremacy and, and, and you get you gunning at all. All of these subjects. I like Nike, but wait a minute with music. You know what I mean? Right. Now, think about that. You know, you talking about you talking about political shit on music and music reaches more people than president speeches mm. and then it gets played over and no not today but it gets played that, that kind of sip get played over and over and over in people's cars and in people's heads and then you know you hearing it like remember how when when public enemy dropped uh uh, nation of millions. It takes a nation, yeah. And and, and, and it takes a nation, and, and and you you we lived on that. When sucker MCs came out, we banged that for on, yeah. summers and summers. Now you make an album, and a month later you're working on your next one because you know it's already gone through the cycle. Cats is saying, "Oh, that's my old shit." Right. But we lived on his words, and we lived on the words of these MCs that 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 put these records out. You know, the the pay the full album, and we we rocked those for summers, and. To know that he was speaking on that kind of topic and that kind of stuff was was heavy. So you knew he wasn't bullshit right. when he said, you know, people were listening to that. So you got people in other countries hearing this shit now. Then you got those same people he talking about. Their kids are like, yeah, you know what, mom, you are kind of a fucking racist <laughs> and shit. You know what I mean? Like right. I can't even have black friends and right. shit. And then this guy, and it's like this is the power of hip hop music and the power of somebody who's really dominant with their presence and delivery of the lyrical part of hip hop music is when you're talking directly to the mindset of the most rebellious people in the world, which are white kids. Right. You know, and, and, and white people like, like when I went to see Terminator two and the little, which was the biggest movie on the planet at the time. Yeah. And the little white kid had on the, 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 the public public enemy t-shirt. Shit was dope, I was like, man. ain't this a motherfucker right here? Shit was dope. Yeah. I think that shit is dope. I love when I walk out on stage and, and, 98% of the crowd is all white kids. Right. And I'm saying, don't make me hurt you, nigga. Don't make me kill you, cracker. And they're like, fuck yeah. Right. You know, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And because they know who we talking to. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because hip hop has been separated from a lot of that sucker shit with racism and all that. I mean, it goes on right, within the culture, but it's it's like the, the kind of shit we talking about when Chuck D was talking about what he was talking about and touching people's kids that were the same. He talking to their parents and they're, and, and they're picking sides. Right. 
and they're saying, I'm rocking my Public Enemy shirt. Right. That was kind of like people wearing Pink Floyd the it, Wall shirts. It was really shit, revolutionary. You know I mean? It was, of course. But 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 going back to that 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 incident, I read that you said that, you know, he was being cautious. Yeah, he was looking over his shoulder, but he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to no. lose his life for this shit. No, he wasn't. And. And the dope shit is you said you you made some calls. Like you made some calls like, yeah. yo, make sure this this brother right here yeah. does not get touched. Yeah, the one thing the one thing in hip hop music, in hip hop culture that I learned that needs to be, you know, done at times is you have to have a strong team. Right. You know, I mean I remember those days when it used to be I mean, I listen, I came to I came through with the paid and full pies. I don't think there was a stronger team than them. Mm. You know? I'm I'm talking about you talking about real cats that knew how to how to bump you know, like i mean like hard body fights guns and shit like that was real it wasn't they, they didn't they didn't duck when the guns went nah, out what they were they were the shooters right it wasn't about ducking it was about bucking yeah you know what i'm saying so when you come up from cats that like that you know what i mean you know what it is it's like so when you look at these guys and the, and the crews that they build a lot of people have their friends around them but you know the crews we come from with with you know, these are these are carefully selected cats that that went on the road and 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 you've been trained. And I wasn't nowhere near one of the liveest niggas in the crew. That's that's kind of scary, Buffy. I'm telling you what it is, my <laughs> nigga. I'm I'm keeping it funky with <laughs> right, you. Right, I right. was, I, you know, I wasn't afraid to do it, but I mean, it was some motherfuckers that. They was like, yo, sit down, sit down, little bumpy. Yeah, like, bump, fall back for a minute. Let me handle this. It's like, all right, you know, that's what it is. I got the bags. I'm going inside. I got caught one time. I almost got caught. I didn't get caught, caught. I got caught sleeping with a 45 uh, long under my pillow in the hotel. I had to literally beg the lady, like, listen, dude, I'm doing security. Don't please don't tell on me. I mean, she's like, but you have a gun. You have a gun. <laughs> you have a gun. And she's turning the bed back for, for, for you know, at the hotel. And right. she, I forgot my gun was under the pillow because that's how I sleep. <laughs> you, you literally sleep with the gun under the pillow. You have to. You have to. Wait, wait, wait. I've never slept with a gun under the pillow. Because at any given moment, you know, it could go down. Right. And you you don't want to be looking all in your bag and all that shit. I know where it is. It's <laughs> under my pillow. You know what I'm saying? Those were the days. You right. know, that those were the days. I and mean, that was the life. Yeah, that was what it was. You had to be kind of groomed into realizing that, you know, you're around guys. Listen, you can't keep, you can't always bring your hands to, you know, to the to the fight. You right. know, sometimes cats come other ways. But now, as a, as an older man, you know, it's like you become more rational, you become more sensible. And you know, my history is my history, but the element is there. Right. You know, it's not. I don't abuse it. You know, and I and I know where I know where it is. It's under my pillow. Right. You dig what I mean? Yes. So that's really what it is. But but in, in reference to Chuck D, I wasn't I wasn't hesitating. To be able to make that phone call to make sure because he, he was changed okay. your life, of course he did. Right. Just 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 the way he handled, like even even a new song I did with on their last album, get it in. You know when Flav called me and asked me to do it. You know I had sent them the music. He'd been wanting to do something with me for a while. I actually have a couple of records with Chuck D. One I did a song with him, but I never put it out. He just rapped on the shit the whole. He just, I just let the beat run for like ten minutes. Right. He, he just rapped on it for ten minutes, and I just never let it go. But the new song on uh, Get It In on a new album, he uh, Flav called me about that, and then, and I, and I I thought it sounded like, you know, the Chuck D of Def Jam days of eighty nine, eighty nine, you know, ninety that kind of shit. And I I sent it to him. It was so funky, man. And 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 you know, I rock, I rocked on it with him. So that's what really really was a blessing and to be able to do that. You right. know what I mean? 
I always wanted to be a S1, march my dad's mm. step and carry two guns, you know, that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I loved it, man. You right. know what I mean? Just, you know, I like all of them. Professor Griff is like, uh, you know, I, I watch how these guys are grown men. Right. You know what I mean? They, they talking grown man shit. They not talking little boy stuff. You know what I mean? So there's risks that come along with that. Of course. You know? So, so and I'm so glad you added texture to this, man, because you, you just explained, like, the life that Chuck D did and the sacrifices that he made for this culture. Mm -hmm. So how does it, and I don't want to keep harping about the honest, but this shit hasn't been resolved. How do you feel where cats on a major, major media platform are being so disrespectful to that brother? Um, you know, it, it, I'm not surprised. Right. I'm not surprised only because I'm surprised. I'm man. not surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised only because, only because nowadays there's no, there's no face to face shit everything you know it's easy to talk shit when you don't feel reachable you know what i mean i mean i'm sure i'm sure he was invited to come on but right. chuck you know I, I like the way chuck d handles motherfuckers you know he he, he tell a motherfucker listen man tell your boss to sit down with me you sit in the corner and listen you know <laughs> sit in the corner some, that's how you handle motherfuckers like that right. i get it but you know what do you expect from somebody who you know when, you know when chuck d is I'm not saying people can't say how they feel. I don't right. want to. I don't ever want to say that. I, yes. And, and I know we're talking about uh, uh, Rosenberg. You know, I, I, and I know Rosenberg. I think he's an okay guy. I just think that sometimes these guys forget that using a platform like that, you know, your personal opinion on people's music or ideas or whatever, you know, you just we, gotta, we all have those. We opinions. all have those opinions. But when you start telling motherfuckers like they bored or they. I think Ebro may have said that when you, they're, they're bored or you, you want know, you want some shine or, or, or you, yeah like come on man that shit is kind of corny like but how how do you feel about you know being in the you know digital age now you know uh, especially particularly Twitter it's a gift and a curse you know mm -hmm. by him really communicate with them you know through Twitter you know you really can't get your message across sometimes you know I I, I like it I, I'm gonna tell you why I like it because number one you you got 140 characters to get it off. And you gotta be nice with them characters. That's, that's like that's like somebody throwing you in a ring. That's only a certain or, or that's like an elevator fight, right? You know, you and the person get get in the elevator, and you got ten floors. You know, you go, you go, everybody, you go up, take the steps up to the roof, or either you take the elevator up and you two different elevators, and you get in one elevator, and but whoever come out the when you get to the first floor is the winner. The bottom line is, it's about it. You got to be intelligent. You got to have some sort of intellect. When you have 140 characters to say what you got to say, because you can't talk to niggas in their face with 140 characters, mm -hmm. 140 punches is different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But when you're talking to you talking to when Chuck D is using 140 characters to get his point across, and that's the platform he's using. It's not about the characters. It's not about. It's about how many people you're gonna reach with that next message that you right. send across the wire. So. Everybody's not capable of that, you know what I mean? And I and I and I'm gonna tell you something. I would love to hear him and Rosenberg sit down and talk. But do I believe do I believe Rosenberg should be able to sit down and talk to a Chuck D? I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Right. I think I you know I think Chuck should be talking to the people who run Hot ninety seven. Right. Not even Ebro. Nah, I don't, not, definitely not Ebro. And I'm surprised at Ebro. Like, I I, I know you. I'm not. I'm surprised. I'm not. Right. I'm not surprised at Ebro. 
Because his arrogance is definitely like a his arrogance is like a, a ray of sunshine over New York. It's mm. it's a it, it's it's just what it is. He he feels who he is, and I mean, listen, you want to feel like that? That's cool. He's an arrogant dude. I mean, and and it's, and it is, and that's how he rocks. I mean, he even he's he he has the he has the audacity to be in New York and call certain New York MCs music minor league. Mm. That's his. You know, who are you to say that? You know, who are you to say that? You know, he's he, he's Ebro. Right. That's who he is. He's Ebro. Now, 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 Bumpy, you you also have, there's also a lot of rumors about you, man. Okay. I've heard so many amazing stories about you, man. <laughs> Fucking lie. Which, which, which made me realize, don't you ever say it. I will, I remember, I'll tell you, one time I was at the uh, the Hip Hop Honors. Mm-hmm. The, I think it was either the first or the second Hip Hop Honors. And somebody gave me some scary weed. So, like, I smoked the scary weed and I was, mm-hmm. like, paranoid already. Mm-hmm. And then I looked and I seen you. And John Cena walking yeah. in my direct. I got yeah. the fuck out the way. Yeah, that's my man. But like, I've heard like some amazing stories, man. I heard you, you when you when you were at Flavor Unit, and it wasn't like the best type of situation for you. Mm. You got frustrated and went out and and roped up the building with dynamite. Nah, it's a lie. It's a lie. You didn't have sticks of dynamite in your nah, bag, Bumpy? Nah, it's a lie. <laughs> I mean, think about think about that, dog. Think of, just think about the kind of shit that people say. <laughs> the kind of shit that people say is just so fucking dramatic. Right. Everybody got ketchup bottles in their pocket and just putting <laughs> stories together. Like condiments. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like like you know, the flavor in the situation, it it started off great. It was it was an awesome opportunity. You know what I mean? And um there's, they always tell a side of the story that makes me look like this villain. Right. You know, like I just woke up one morning and went there and wanting to do dirt. It just this wasn't that way. Right. You know what I mean? And, and you know, what I will say is this, you know, what happened shouldn't have happened. Right. You know, and it was a business thing that happened. Bad business happened. And, and I you ch- were in the middle of it. Yeah, I was I was in the middle of it, but I was I was chasing it like, yo, I was like, OK. I'm gonna come this day. All right, can we can we fix that now? Um, uh, yeah, they're not. So and so's not here right now. Um, you know, can you come back tomorrow? So I go all the way back to the island. Come all the way back to Jersey. To Jersey, and I was like, boom, like calling. I called. I'll be good. Come this day. I'll come back. It was. They just kept giving me the 48 fake out. Right. And I was like, you know what? Enough of this shit, man. Yo, can we deal with this now? And then. It was to the point like I started felt I, I started feel like like I was being played right, and I just reacted and it wasn't it, it was explosives but it wasn't dynamite right, <laughs> you know what I right, mean right. it was just you know what I mean and, and I was you, like you didn't leave the gun under I, the pillow yeah, that day it, it, nah I took the <laughs> I, took, I moved the pillow you know what I <laughs> mean but it wasn't about it was and, and the sad part about that is it was so many so much catch up on the story and right. all of a sudden I kidnapped everybody I who tied, you kidnapped Bumpy I tied everybody up I heard all kind of shit man. right. And the bottom line is, homeboy fixed it. Mm. Homeboy, after I, after the situation happened, he and I talked, he fixed it. Right. We good. Right. You know what I mean? Me and Dana never talked no more like after that. Right. How was it working with a, with a younger Queen Latifah? Because that's who you're referring to, Dana. Is yeah, yeah. I never really worked with her like right. that, though. I mean, it was like... She, I didn't see her too many times. You know what I mean? We did the role with the flavor thing, and then it was cool. She, she was always pleasant. You know what I mean? She was always nice. You know what I mean? I, I even, even there's even times when, you know, I wanted to holler at her about that because 
I didn't want to go there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and she, she, that's not a good look for her. It was a, our, my whole career. That's always been a big brick wall in front of me. Is that yo? You what you did at Flavor Unit? You know what I mean? And it was like, but don't you know when people take when people take your livelihood and and misuse the the funds and do all kind of shit when you bust your ass to make your shit? Oh come on, don't rob me. I'm usually the one sticking motherfuckers up. Don't rob me and <laughs> right. shit. I ain't, I'm not. I'm not with that shit. You know right. what I mean? So if we on the same team, don't treat me like I'm not a teammate. Don't do shit to me that you do to motherfuckers out there that ain't on your team. Right? Because I'm a go hard teammate. Right? You send you somebody fuck with you. Okay, my crew is your crew. Rep, rep, rest in peace to Shorty Dog. She know that. You know I ride hard for anybody I'm down with, but don't fuck me around. When it comes to making money or when it comes to eating, if I eat steak, you eat steak. Right. It ain't no big you little me situations. I think everybody should be treated like a teammate when you got a teammate. You know, niggas can say what they want about Rick Ross. I watch Rick Ross very closely, but that nigga take care of his people, man. Mm. Fuck what you think about the nigga. He right. take care of his people. You can't be mad at and somebody. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah, a lot of dudes are so fucking greedy, and it's like. You know, you can't have everything to yourself and you you can't expect everybody to sit down and 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 be humble and take a, you know, and, and take a, 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 a turn the other cheek attitude to fuckery when you when you doing shit to people. You know what I mean? You have to you know, you can't don't don't think everybody's going to go for that shit. Right. Everybody ain't about. Okay, well, I'm just going to walk away. You know, that's a sucker shit that people like to do and say, yo, he was a gentleman about that. I robbed that motherfucker for $150,000, but he was a very, he was a gentleman about yeah, that. Yeah, that. Means, that means he's a sucker. Yeah, he's a sucker. You're a sucker. When you let people take from you, you're a sucker. Do, do, should you do it the way I did it? I don't recommend that. <laughs> Bumpy, what did you do, man? I'm not going to say what I did, <laughs> but I don't recommend that shit. But it wasn't dynamite. Right, right, I will okay. say that. It wasn't dynamite. It, it could have been you know? explosive. Because, you know, all throughout the years, I mean, listen, man, throughout the years, I, you know, I'm so blessed to be able to still go on the road and, and tour and still right. be able to go walking into certain labels and make deals. A lot of people that was in charge of labels at the time in that era, they gone now. Right. You know? You so, know? so the new cats don't so the new know cats, me to be afraid of yeah, you. Yeah, the new cats don't know me to throw the ketchup <laughs> on the stories and all that shit. But the old heads that, right. you know, the, the, the Dino DeValiers and all those motherfuckers, they was the ones that was like, oh, don't fuck with that nigga. Right, right. That nigga Wait, blow your brains out and did, shit. Did you ever turn D Dino upside down, man? Nah, I just never gave a fuck about him. I'm right. sure he's running some major TV corporation somewhere that won't and won't fuck with me. But fuck him. I <laughs> I never really, I never, you know, certain niggas I just don't really fucking care about. You right. know what I mean? They don't, they're not on my radar you know what i mean like 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 when i say on my radar not like i'm doing some big shit that they need to be it's just that i don't they don't matter to me you know right. what i mean like when i talk about ebro let's go back to ebro for a second yeah like when i talk about ebro i don't dislike him personally because i don't know him personally right. you know i think ebro is a smart guy because he because he wouldn't have been able to get to where he is today without being some kind of smart you know what i mean but it's the it's you're in new york b in New York, and his it's not it's not the 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 fact that you don't play New York music. All right, let's 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 push that aside. You I, could live with that, which I, is I, I can live. Hurts. With, I, I can live with it. It's, it hurts, it's, it's but, I, but I can I get it. I get it. It's, you got a job okay. to do, and you have to do what you got to do. But injury. me and him it's, got into it on Twitter one day, and right. I said some things to him. I was frustrated. Because what did you say, man? I was frustrated, and I tweeted. I said because everybody's scared to address this guy. Right. So, me, I said, why is everybody scared to address Ebro? Fuck him. Mm -hmm. So, he said, 
something back and we went back and forth. Now, was I wrong for saying that? I don't think I was wrong for saying it. Right. He didn't do nothing to me. So, right. yeah, I could be wrong for saying that. But I, I, I said it out of frustration because so many people talk about him behind his back. Right. So many people say shit about fuck Ero and this is all behind his back. All you so-called so real niggas will shake this man's hand and hug him. And as soon as they leave him, they say, man, fuck that nigga, man. I'm not like yeah, that. that. That's so corny, too. I we, can't get with that that's, shit, That's though. so corny. So if Ebro is going to say fuck Bumpy Knuckles, I don't fuck with Bumpy Knuckles because I said something that people say behind his back directly or indirectly through the social media. I actually sent him my number to call me, but he wouldn't call <laughs> me because I would have said it in his face right. or to his ear or whatever. But. You know, I don't like that behind the back shit. Say what the fuck you got to mm. say to a motherfucker. You, everybody complains about New York radio and this and this and that, but they all want to subliminally do it or, you know, because they scared they're not going to. They don't play your shit any fucking they way. They're not going to play you anyway. They don't play it anyway. Y'all niggas so. ain't from Atlanta. Niggas in Brownsville, niggas in Jersey, niggas in Long Island. Y'all ain't from Atlanta. Y'all, they don't play this shit anyway. Y'all not getting played. No matter where you from. I mean, I know New York niggas trying to make music that sound like they from the South, right. and they still won't play your shit. Y'all niggas is from now. Nah, y'all it's, ain't not play It's you. business, dog. If you got a pocket, if you got a pocket for radio, you your pockets is right, your music gonna get played. Mm. That's the bottom fucking line. Right. So, personally, I can't say that I that I that I dislike the guy because right. I don't know him personally to say that I don't I just don't appreciate how he handles certain cats like 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 the like the Chuck D situation or whatever I'm not saying he because they, they made a big thing about yo you know they, they they use this whole father figure shit to make Chuck sound like an old man, old man and and to make him sound they they throw that word irrelevant around mm. you know what I mean but like dude. Once you walk outside that radio station, irrelevant. Your irrelevant suit is shining like a motherfucker because that's that's your strong point is right. being on radio. Right. So don't don't you know Chuck is Chuck is Chuck D all the time like this. You know not not even just Chuck D like so is Melly Mel and so is you know other cats and, 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 and Ice T and all these guys who who put that work and Eric B and all these guys around that 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 did so much to help the culture get where it is. They deserve some some level of respect. Of course. You know what I mean? And that's how I feel about it, dude. I don't I don't think it's it's not per- like I like I said if I see Ebro in person and we had a conversation, I'm going to say how I feel, but I'm not going I I'm not I would never try to do nothing to him or 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 I would never try to um have anything done to him because it's not that serious with right. me like that. It's a, we all, I think gentlemen or men should always have the opportunity to have dialect. Right. You know what I mean? And if it, if it, if it happens, it happens. When it gets disrespectful and motherfuckers start talking about slapping motherfuckers and kids and all that shit, that's a whole nother ball game. When the violent shit start, when the violent throwing threats and all that start happening, that's a whole nother ball. I haven't experienced that with him. You know, he's always handled me a certain way. You know, I think I've handled him a lot worse than he's handled me, but, you know, <laughs> but, you know, that's just how it goes. You know, right. and, and, and like I said, I think he I think he could do. I I know he's been in radio for a long time. I think people take radio and make it personal. When you got to remember, you got people who are trying to develop their careers as new artists and people who are trying to keep their careers going as, you know, legendary artists or whatever. I think Public Enemy is somebody, you know, Public Enemy got new records. Uh, DITC got new records. Mm. You got a lot of guys out here who got great new records. You know what I mean? And and I just think they have to come up with a better plan 
for playing these records. And yeah, then, you, you can't know, you can't ignore the quality that. that not always, that Ebro does that. I don't right. know if Ebro makes the playlist. Let right. me not let me let me give him that. I don't think he makes the playlist. And, and he, he's been on the show a couple of times. He said he doesn't make the playlist. It's coming. It's being pumped from Indiana. But it's not about the playlist. Right. It's about saying shit like, Chuck D, you're bored. You have you you're bored. Uh, you're you're, 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 you're irrelevant, or you're bored, or you're just trying to get a buzz, or like really, motherfucker, like really, like. But do you think on. people do that more so often with legends? Like, what are you doing now instead of what have you done? Like, I see that all the time, and that shit just drives me crazy because I think like people are like, well, what's Chuck D doing now, motherfucker? I don't give a fuck what he's doing now. It's what he did. Yeah, it's what he did. I think at some point you should have. I think I, I agree. With that. I think at some point. Certain cats should be given a pass on that shit. You know what I mean? Because they put so much work in. You know what I mean? They put and I mean not and I don't even think I'm on that list. Right, right. You know what I mean? I'm I'm talking about musically, like you know, socially, you know, culturally. I, exactly. I mean I wrote politically. I wrote mm. Salt and Pepper's biggest album. Nobody knows that. You know, I wanted to ask you that, man. You know? I just found out like that you wrote used to write their lyrics. On one album I did. Which which album? Um, the last one, very necessary. Okay. Yeah, Waterman, um, none of your business. You wrote Waterman? Yeah. Yeah, I just thought about the kind of dude that I would want a woman to want me to be. In so so, so, so when the when the mailman comes by with these unexpected <laughs> checks, you smiling, right? Nah, <laughs> I'm broke. Come on, stop, stop. stop. You, didn't get, you didn't keep your publishing? I'm broke. I don't got no money. Come on, puppy. Don't tell me Dog, that. I'm broke. I don't have a dime. I'm poor. I'm broke. I'm, I'm, I have nothing. <laughs> Are you playing, man? He's smiling. He's smiling, right? Listen, Come on, puppy. Yeah, dog, listen. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. Allegedly, puppy. I get a check. Yeah, listen. Let's go, let's go to a, a, a station break. You tune into Combat Jack Show, the Combat Jack Show.com. We got Freddie Fox in the building. Bumpy, Bumpy Knuckles. Words. Listen, F your radio, F your podcast, F your TV show. Yeah. Internet, we need your support. Head on over to iTunes and search for the Combat Jack Show. There's tons of episodes there for you to check and listen to on the road, in your room, wherever you're at. But we need you to subscribe. We need you to comment. We need you to rate. And we need you to tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you, Intense. Don't be a fucky bird. Combat Jack Show. Hey, yo, Internet, you're tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the combatjackshow.com. Today's guest is the legendary Freddie Fox. Bumpy yeah. Knuckles is in the building. <laughs> during during, during our, our, our station break, he was talking about how, you know, he wished he had a little bit more finesse to do some of the other things that some of the other rappers he came up with did with regard to the record labels. We were talking about, you know, Tretch allegedly walking into the label with a bag of mice and rats and letting them loose in the (laughs) office. And you were saying that you wish you were smart enough to do that instead of shooting records off the wall? Yeah, I mean, I mean... (laughs) You know what? I would, I would, I would rather had. <laughs> I didn't say that. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. y'all allegedly. said that. Shot records yeah. off the wall. I, 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 uh, I'm gonna tell you something. Target man. practice. You know what, man? I really believe. I really believe that in those days, you know, that's. I think it's harder to get into labels nowadays because of shit like that. Cats right. don't. You know, record industry execs don't even want to meet with motherfucking rappers no more and shit because that. You know, but. They stealing it in a different way. I mean, record companies are kind of sh- they giving you can get a deal at a record label now that you should have got twenty years ago. Fifty mm. fifty, keep your shit, you know, keep your masters and all that. Because now it's hard, you know, with all this internet, it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, 
steal the money like it used to be. You know, but if you go back, let me just say this to a lot of a lot of artists that have deals and records out in the nineties. You know, there was no there was no digital clauses in there, so people selling your shit online. You know, you might want to check into that because they didn't have digital rights, right? Of course, to do that. A lot of cats don't know that, but. Definitely don't go in and bust no gun in a record label. Now, that's a bad move. It's a bad move. Not in 2014. They got cameras everywhere. Yeah, I was lucky, man. (laughs) (laughs) I was lucky nobody pulled out a cell phone and said, World Star! You know what? They they didn't have cell phones, man. You know, there's there's also this, this rumor about you, man. Like, if certain individuals in the game got robbed by these record execs or these lawyers of the whole nine, and these cats felt there was a significant amount of money on the table. Mm-hmm. And they had no recourse because the labels or the managers or the lawyers said, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. You better call Bumpy. Hmm. Did you did you ever have to come to anybody's rescue, man? And, and I gave and guys sh- advice. I right. never did. Like, I, didn't, I never, um, like, cats would call me and say, yo, man, I got I got a deal. And, and I would, it was, it was, see, the story they telling you was twisted. Right. I'm going to tell you, the, the real shit was happening was, Dudes were bringing me their contracts mm-hmm. to read their contracts to show them where they had loopholes because they couldn't afford to pay the lawyers. See, what they don't know is I know how to read contracts because Tim Fry, who was my attorney at one time, taught me how to read contracts. Mm. And to talk about that, because you talked about that before yeah. we started about how he sat you down. Yeah, he he um You had a black attorney. Yeah, I had I had a I had a, that I worked for actually. Yeah, I had I had a, <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker. <yeah. laughs> you know. I had a I had a I had a black attorney who who uh who was representing me and I found out in the middle of my after my deal was done that he had in the middle of me negotiating the deal that he had gotten disbarred. Mm-hmm. And I was, and when I found out, this motherfucker sent me a, a um a bill for forty five hundred dollars and shit. And I was like, you gonna send me a bill and you got this bar? Like, get the fuck out of here! Like, you know, I'm not paying you no, you you ain't even a lawyer no more. Like, beat it. So I had to find a new lawyer. So a uh, lawyer was recommended to me named Tim Fry. And Tim Fry was was an amazing attorney for me, man. He just, you know, he 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 he, he took a liking to me because. We had something in common. His kid was playing soccer. I used to play ball when I was young, and we had into that conversation. So he started saying to me, he said, listen, I'm, I'm going to be moving. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to be moving into a different situation with his, you know, with the firm he was with. So he called me into his office. I think I stayed in there for like a week, come back and forth into the city. And he was showing me how to read the contract. He mm. said, because, you know, you, you can build, get a huge bill with these guys charging you guys all this money. So for some reason he taught me, I guess he saw in me that I could absorb that. And he taught me how to read contracts. So the, the, the blessing was that I never forgot how to read them. He showed me the words to look out for the perpetuities and all of the stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, and what they were exploiting and what the, exactly. And, and how, you know, you know, things like exclusive and, you know, and how they could put something in one paragraph and you can Take it away omit from that from one paragraph and then put it back in another paragraph. Right. And the same thing that you thought you omitted is right back. And so, you know, there's an intelligence level that was gained there that was given to me by this guy. Now, let know? me interrupt you. I'm a music lawyer, mm-hmm. but I've looked at lawyer. I mean, at contracts from other industries. Mm-hmm. And and it is well known that one of the most difficult 
contracts to read through are the music contracts. Oh yeah, definitely. like they're the, they're more difficult than real estate contracts oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or these contracts. They're they're the most difficult. It's so much oh, fuckery yeah. definitely going on in those contracts. Yeah, because they know they know guys are gonna. I mean, listen, and just as bad as the labels are doing it, the lawyers are doing it. Yes. Like I know there's there's situations where certain lawyers will call a record label. And and this is definitely not honorable when you call a label as a, as somebody's attorney and say, listen, you know, I think you should put, you know, we'll leave it like this, but you know, kick me back this, and I'm gonna lay down. I'm gonna then, lay. I'm gonna lay down, and I'm gonna let you. Blah, blah. And that happens. Right. It happens. So you have to know, you know, to read the last page and read the front page and get all in between those. Read things. the page. Read three pages before the last page. Absolutely. The, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway, you learn to read these contracts. I learned to read them and guys were calling me and saying, yo, Fox, man, I need your help, man, on something. And I said, okay, what's what's popping? And they was like, yo, this label, you know, they, they my record is supposed to come out. They gave me an advance and, you know, they won't give me my back end and, you know, I want my back end. I turned the album in months ago and blah, blah, blah and all this shit. So what they would they weren't asking me to go collect money for them because you know that's that wasn't gonna happen. But <laughs> you know they were what they were asking me to do was give them some advice. So right. my thing was to tell these guys, listen, do you have a copy of your contract? And a lot of some cats didn't, some cats did. It's amazing how many cats don't have their copies. Yeah, because you, you're supposed to have a copy right. of your contract, yeah. the exact contract. Exactly. So that way, when when that extra the page signed get, copy of the contract, and if you initial every page on yours and theirs. They can't slip that, that, that page. That, 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 bond, that Bondulu page. Exactly. Right. So, you know what I mean? And I would just look at the contracts and just say, yo, you know, this is what it is. You know? And I mean, that that's the most I've done. I I, I wasn't collecting for nobody like that. You know, cats will definitely tell you that because they want to seem like they, you know, did some fly shit by hiring a goon and shit. To get and, some know, but that wasn't wasn't real. hogtied. And- wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, wasn't real, man. Pump people's muscle. It wasn't real. You also, man, you also had a legendary, uh, not not very publicized, but a legendary battle mm-hmm. with Big Daddy Kane. Oh, and, yeah, And, and yeah, the, the yes. outcome <laughs> as to who won that battle is 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 still kind of up in the air. You yeah. had a battle with him at the at the Latin quarters. Latin quarters, yeah. It was a Tuesday night battles back in the day. Right. The was on- was Kane on the come up or was he up on? Nah, we were both on the come up. Okay. We were. I mean, that was my first time seeing him. I think Disco Richie was a judge and a uh, couple. Of, that's the first time I seen Public Enemy. Mm. You know, I first time I seen Public Enemy was at Tuesday night. Be before your yeah. bum rush the show. This is before the yeah. Wow. Yeah, Chuck had laces tied up around his legs on mm. his, you know, back B- in the day, B boy, B boy style, yeah. And and I think Flav had on a, um, if I'm not mistaken, he had on a cowboy hat with braids, long braids in his hair. And he was, <laughs> did you say what the fuck is I, up with that? I didn't understand it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get it. But I got it when I got it. You right, know right, what right. Mean? But it was, it was that was the first time I seen. But yeah, the battle with Kane was a. I was in a crew called Supreme Force, mm-hmm. and uh, me. Supreme Easy E and uh, and Cool C was was a three man team and it was Kane and it was it was me and Kane down Kane was doing his thing and I was doing my thing with the crew and then it was a battle and then he just he was dope you know he had on this white leather you know joint and we battled I I mean the winner was the I don't I won't say who won unless Kane is sitting next to me right. so but the but know. the controversy is there was a lot of Brooklyn cats that were the judges yeah he won. According to the judges, but Kane keeps telling you to this day that you won. Yeah, he, he says that, but I, I mean, I don't like to say who won, you know, because 
to me, the beauty of it was let let the, let it be the mystery. Let you know, let it be that because it is what it is with him, and that's one of my best friends. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, Kane. I remember that that situation right there brought me and Kane into a, a camaraderie that has lasted for all these years. You know what I mean? Um, I remember when Kane was was on. I was running with paid in full, but you know, Kane was one of my best friends. It was uncomfortable. You know, to see him and rock him, attention. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because we was me and Eric and all of it, we was always kicking it with Kane. You know, Kane was Kane was always around us, so a lot of the hype was put on that. Um, Was it really tension, man? Was it was it really real? It wasn't no beef tension. It was rap tension. Rap tension. You know what I mean? But you know, Kane has always been one of my favorite MCs, man. Kane is. You know, I remember him calling Kate Ferguson and telling Kate Kate Ferguson, he's like. Hey yo, I got this here rapper named Freddie Fox that I'm that I'm really gonna bother you about. It's him and Positive K, and those two rappers right there, the ones that I want to make sure you get in your magazine. <laughs> you know, and that was, we talking about uh, Word Up, Word, Word Up magazine, and, and you know that was my first major magazine layout. Mm. Kane called it, and and and. You know, I mean, anytime me and him have deep conversations, he calls me, he calls me Overton Wakefield Jones because, <laughs> because he see me in the studio doing all this computer stuff, and then he'll say, "Yo, Fox, man, you, you recognize?" He said, and then when I realize I'm geeking out, he said, "I'll straighten up and tighten my face up and just <laughs> he be clowning, yo." But that's my man, you know. Right. Kane is my dude, and I mean, in many on many occasion, he's always been there for me you know what i'm saying and i mean he's all he's oh fox man come out you know he used to take me to shows and say yo man he knew he knew i got busy right so he would always he would bring me out on the set you know same thing he did for jay-z right same thing he did for jay-z but not to that capacity right you know because like i said i I didn't really at at some point i kind of branched off on doing other things and started going out into you know like a like when i started going out to jersey i've never really really officially been down with any other crew other than paid in full. Like right. I, I made records with BDP and I've always made my presence felt and KRS one just took me in. Mm. I made records with Naughty by Nature and they just took me in. I learned Gang something. Gangstar Foundation. Gangstar took me in. I you made murdered re- that militia record you know? B. And 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 thank you. And 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 what's so dope about that is I these were not just you know, being down with a crew is one thing, but when you become friends and brotherhood, the brotherhood happened mm. with these guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like when you talk about Gangstar Foundation, like I love all of them dudes, man, because we we've been on the road together. You know what I mean? We fought each other. We had fights with each other. Right. We had arguments with each and other. And y'all fought fought other people and we together. Fought other people together. So right. it was real brotherhood shit. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it wasn't like a um, you know, I was tighter. Me and Eric B was really tight. You know what I mean? That was Eric B is my man. Right. That's my dude. Like even to this day, right now, he that's my guy. You know, um, some of the other guys I still talk to occasionally, but you know, when it came down to really rolling, rolling with with dudes, I rolled with Eric like that. But when I was down with Gangstar, and when I was down with Naughty, and when I was down with BDP, you know, that was like I made powerful records with each one of those clicks. Right. You know, Rough Rough and Hot Potato. You know what I mean? And the militia and, and, and uh militia one and three. You know, when I did all those records, when I did those songs with when I rock with OC, you know, 
I'm, I'm always happy to tell you straight out the gate. I wouldn't even know how to sell my own music if it wasn't for Lord Finesse and Showbiz. Mm. You know, I got an education from each individual. A lot of cats don't have the, 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 the decency to let people know who helped them in this business. I've been, I've been schooled by my peers right. throughout this business. When I when I roll with Naughty by Nature, you know, I watch these guys, man. Tretch doing one thing and Vinny doing something different and KG doing something different. And I learned how to see. I said, yo, what are you guys selling? T-shirts? Merchandise? I never seen merchandise like this. Been moved, being moved. They had a and they was moving. It was it. like a, 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 a big business on the road seeing right. those guys work. You know what I mean? And I was peeping and, and on no that. label di- dipping in. I mean, this nah, is all in their handling pocket. it. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was amazing to see that. And I was like, yo, look at how these guys are. I was, it was an education. You know, I used to go to the to to uh, I used to come from the island and come into the city, and Law Finesse would be like, yo, I got some music for you, man. Come by the crib. And I think he was on Tenth Avenue, an apartment upstairs. His grandmother, I think, used to be there, something like that. And dude, be in there chefing, cooking. Sweet potatoes, macaroni and cheese, and he, <laughs> I mean, chefing. I'd be like, "Yeah, nigga, was cracking." Like, I thought his, <laughs> I thought his girl or somebody was doing it. it. Was him cooking like, like cooking real good food? And the SP twelve hundred and the nine fifty is rocking some. Cra- I'm in there writing rhymes, and he bring me a plate, and I'm like, "Yo, this wow, is that's you know crazy. what I mean." I go see Showbiz, and Showbiz got all these books, all these like just books on things that that help design your mentality. For government and mm. and 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 black power and 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 and, why, and and wisdom and 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 knowledge and stuff like that and he was in there like yo check check out this book man you know and he'll give me a book it's pale horse or some shit like yeah, that beware, or, beware, yeah. beware, a pale horse you know what yeah. I mean or some fly shit like that and I'm reading that shit and I'm like so it gave me insight on certain things you know what I mean and 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 being he's God body he was giving me other information that was helping me design certain things and then i turn around and do would say yo man you good fox i'm like yeah and i'll say right, i'm about to be out so i'll be out and then i go get in the get in the whip and then i reach in my pocket and it'd be money in my pocket i'm oh, like where shit. the fuck this money come from you know what i'm saying like dudes is looking out for me like that that's crazy but they knew i had did so much dirt that a lot of cats wasn't fucking with me and the majors so you know they was giving me a lot of insight and showing me a lot of love and i'm like like and i ain't ashamed to say it because you know, it helped. It helped me see who my real peoples were. You know what I mean? Like cats who really gave a fuck about. And they knew me. he knew you wasn't gonna take the money. Nah, he knew he couldn't have put it in my hand. Right. So he stick it in my pocket, mm-hmm. and he's like, and, and he didn't even know if I yo, needed that's it. That's so or, official, man. He didn't even know if I needed it or not. Right. He just said, yo, I, I assumed that my man might need this. Boom. Then he introduced me to people who press records. He introduced me to people who were indie labels. You know, like like Fat Beats. I didn't know nothing about Fat Beats until Showbiz and Lord Finesse took me there. And they schooled me and Buck Wild and 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 Diamond D and all these guys and, and were working with me and AG and all these guys were just coming around me and swarming around me and showing me all kind of love. Yo, bump, we got a show. Come jump on the stage with us and let me, you know, that's the kind of shit Naughty did. That's the kind of shit that KRS One does. That's real did. community, man. Yeah, and that's what to me bonded me to the culture more because I knew I had a circle of friends that could, you know, help me get myself in my own mode and get myself moving you know what i mean like a premiere like a when my you know when my brother died pete rock was was one dude like pete rock was literally coming around me recording with me in the crib when everybody else was scared shitless to come around me 
Pete Rock was driving from because you had kind of been blacklisted or something. Yeah, but he, my, you know, my brother had my brother had got murdered in two thousand, and Pete Rock was driving. I was bugging, like I was like on some other shit, right? And Pete Rock was driving from Mount Vernon to come to my house to to, to like yo Fox, you got to make this music now. Like he he took that energy that I had and put it on industry shakedown. Mm. That's how it's so intense because yeah. I was going through so much That's pain. That's a fucking intense record, man. Yeah, I was going through a lot of pain, man. And Pete Rock helped to design that that album. You know, I got to give it to him, man. Because when I, I mean, dude was got he was like every beat he gave me was was I didn't care what it was, I was on it. But he was producing and he was like, Fox, you gotta spit on this right here now. And we was in a room half the size of this. Just crammed with records and keyboards and and a board and all. It was just jam packed. This room. I send you a picture of it and you and you'll be able to post it on your site. You'll see the room where I did industry shakedown. And he came there, man, and he sat with me and he worked with me and he gave me all of his energy and he said, "You're gonna do this record. I'm gonna get you through this shit. We're gonna finish this project." And then I did it because Pete Rock was there for me. Pete Rock was right there helping me get through that whole process. Mm-hmm as a producer and as a brother and I'll never forget him. So for that. that was your therapy in a sense. Oh, uh, absolutely, right. dude. I mean literally like going to the I'm sitting in a diner in at a Buccaneer diner in in East Elmhurst with a, with with two guns on me, mad as a motherfucker, man. I'm I'm ready I, to get I don't want to I don't want to make records right now. Right. I want to go find out what happened to my brother. Right. And Pete was like, "Nah, man. You got to go back in the studio, make this record." And and he risked his own life cuz you it's like you when you when you when something like that happens to you, you get like a gray film over your, your who you see as a as a con. Everybody's an enemy because mm. you don't know where it came from. You dig what I'm saying? So keeping it funky, I I, I love Pete Rock, man. That's my that's my brother, man. I, I I love him dearly because he didn't give a fuck about anything but me and my well being at that time. So and it was it was selfless. Like it wasn't like he yeah. was trying to make the record to get paid. Yeah. He, he was he like, this, this, we need to get this done. He didn't care about that. All he cared about was he knew it was going to be powerful. Then I gave, the, the fucked up part is, I, that album, I wish I would have put it out with Fat Beats. Right. But I did it with Lance Beat. Lance Beat. And, you know, Bob Perry is a shithead. He, 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 he's a, he's a dirtbag. You know what I mean? He, he, was a, he was the wrong person for me to do that with. Because you know, it was a powerful, like you calling out names. Like before it was all trendy and shit. Corporate. He was calling out Lior yeah. and calling him a thief. Yeah. You was talking about the type of cat Steve Stout was before it became trendy. Yeah, a bitch. Yeah. The bitch. He was always, he's always been a bitch. I remember when Steve Stout was running around with Kid and Play and they were schooling him on how this go. I I could probably put a stack on it right now that he don't even fuck with them. Oh, he probably don't even pick up their phone call. Mm. But but when I remember They had he, they had him yeah, under sc- their wing schooling them. When it was on top of the game. Schooling him. Right. I tell you a quick story. This one I will tell you. You know what? Let me let me just make this a caveat. Like I didn't plan this, so internets. I know for the past four weeks, it's been shit on Steve Stout. <laughs> Week, nah. I, I, everybody I, I, know. Everybody yeah. know. Everybody know. This is Freddie talking. This is not me. <laughs> nah. Everybody, listen. Steve Stout. Steve Stout is who he is. Everybody right. who knows Steve Stout knows what he is. He knows what he's happy being who he is and what people think about him. He's happy with that fucking shit because he still does the same dumb shit to motherfuckers that make them say they don't like him. So I I've been I've been not liking that motherfucker since the 90s and it ain't going to change now. <laughs> so fuck him. The bottom line is I remember one time I was in um 
I was in uh in in the Queens in East Elmhurst, Queens, and he was in a pizza parlor with him. It was him, and I think it was it was it was Kid, him Kid, and Herbie Lovebug. I think Herbie was with him, and they and I seen them go in there. So I I was with one of my dudes. I said, Yo, watch this, and I and I took my gun out and I walked up behind him. I said, Stick him up. <laughs> Yo, he damn near stripped and shit. Everything scared to death, and I said, "Yo, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding." It was a dude sitting <laughs> sitting in there eating a pizza and shit. <laughs> it was a bus driver sitting there eating a pizza. So I was just fucking horsing around and shit. Right. He didn't see that it was me. So I said, "I'm only kidding, man." And then I put and I, and I walked. And yo, years later, I was going to do a deal, and he stuck. He he called a dude up at Universal. It was a cat at Universal. Oh. He gonna probably if he ever hears this, he gonna say, "Oh, I never did." That. He's a fucking liar. Mm. This kid wanted to sign me at Universal. He was a big fan, and he was like, "Steve got in the middle of that and and, and debted it." And he was like, "Who does that? Who who pulls a gun out and just plays jokes on people like that? Who did?" Like he was like a Freddie bitch, Freddie Fox, you know. And I mean, I was only fucking with right, him. Right, I mean, right. I get it. I wasn't gonna shoot the motherfucker. <laughs> I didn't take nothing from him. I was just I was just horsing around. Right. You know what I mean? But you know. He 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 kind of just he don't let shit go. He, he just don't let shit go. You know what I mean? And it's like he just holds on to shit. And then we, I did have a conversation with him one time. I went to his office when he was at Sony. I think it was I think it was Epic or something like that. He was I don't remember one hundred percent. But I, I went to his office and I'm talking to the dude, and he kept saying my name. So I was concerned about that. Like, like he kept Freddie. Yeah, he kept saying. So what up, Freddie Fox? What can I do for you, Freddie Fox? What do, you, what do you need, uh, Freddie Fox? What, what do you want from me, Freddie Fox? Like, he kept saying my name. So right. I just got up and walked out. I was like, yo, I'm out, man. Like, I, that right there said FBI all over. FBI, you know? so, some type, some type you know of setup. Right, I just right. bounced. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So I know why 50 Cent, and I know why Damon Dash, and I know why guys think he's a shitbag. You know what I mean? Because that's what he is. He's right. a shitbag. And, and he knows that. I don't. I think that's part of his makeup. I think the fact that he does shit to people is part of his makeup. Mm-hmm. I know he's very successful, and I'm happy to see that. I just think that there's a lot of cats whose shoulders he stood on mm. to get there that, you know, he, he just like I, I seen him running with kid and them. Kid and kid and play. They schooled him on this game. Like he got school on this game by them dudes. I if they fuck with him right now and he he showed them niggas some love, then I stand corrected. Right. But I doubt it. Right, 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 right. You know, one of the unique periods that you was involved with was the whole um rap boxing. Oh yeah, yeah. The first annual rap bo- rap, rap boxing competition. Yeah, that was, that man. was fun. When 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 rappers were willing to get from behind the booth and live the shit that they talked. Yeah. And and you ended up boxing what two cats? Yeah, it's two guys. Yeah. Like you were supposed to only box one dude. Yeah, but it was supposed to have been rap a lot records versus um New York. Right. Right, I mean, shit. One label for Texas. So it was Texas versus New York. Yeah, because right? yeah. rap a lot was Texas. Yeah, rap a lot was Texas. Right. So. Uh, they put me against a guy named Dope E. Dope E. I, right. I think his name was Dope E. And um, you know, you, I, I went in there and did what I do. You, you know? knocked him out. You knocked him down. I dropped him a couple right. times. Right. I didn't knock him out though, but I beat him. I, I dropped him a couple times. And then the next fight was supposed to happen with a. But the, I think the kid that was supposed to fight next was um, Tim Dog. Tim Dog. Tim mm-hmm. Dog from Ultramagnetic. Right. And- but the cat he was boxing was actually from New York. Okay. And Tim didn't show up for the fight. Uh, un, you know, for no reason. 
Yeah, I mean, he never showed up to the gym to train. Like we really trained. Oh, you guys trained together? Yeah, we right. now we trained in in Gleason's gym. Okay, like, we was we was in the gym. You know, shout out to Angel, who's my trainer. We we trained, and I, I had to spar Iran Barkley and shit. Mm. You know what I mean? Iran Barkley was, you know who that is? Yeah, that motherfucker got big ass cinder block hands. So you had to shit. take them punches to the kidney. Shh, man. <laughs> that motherfucker hit that motherfucker hit me one day, man, and with a jab, and. I stood in my stance for like five minutes <laughs> and he hurt me, but I, it was something made me was saying, you better not fucking fall down. You, you better not fucking fall down, nigga. You, you know what I'm saying? I was being hard on myself. Like, right. but that motherfucker hit hard. And he was just. You wanted to take the knee, right? I wasn't going. I wasn't, I, yo, he hit the, she punched the shit out of me, dog. I ain't going to front. And, and, you know, he's a professional boxer. Right. So, dude was showing me some shit. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I was working in the gym with a lot of trainers and shit like that. So. Tim Dog never showed up, you know. Rest in peace to Tim Dog, but he never showed up to box, and he never. He he kept saying he was coming, but I guess he felt like you know I ain't gonna fucking box. I think I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if LL was supposed to fight, or, right? Or, but I think there's a lot of no shows that there was a lot of cats that just LL LL deaded it from the. I think his management deaded it from the beginning, right? So whoever was there, it was me, Melly Mel, Curtis Blow. Uh, who else was there? Was a couple other uh, Black Poet was there. That that's the fight where. Melly Mel fought uh, Willie, Willie D. Willie D. Oh, Willie D was a beast. Willie D dropped Melly Mel. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I knew Willie D. I'm gonna tell you what I what I thought. I, I knew Willie D knew how to fight when I watched him get in the ring and he and he started sizing up the ring. Like he he started doing the side steps and he wanted to know how many steps it would take him to get to the right side right. of the ring, left side. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be nasty, right? You know, because Mel was Mel was about his muscles and shit he was doing push-ups and he was working out back back behind the um stage i mean the, in the dressing room area and i was like you know I, 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 doing push-ups is different from it's different fighting man, man. You know? and mel is a strong guy you know right. man? but when you start and mel, and mel was he was training he was i should see him come to the gym he was definitely coming to the gym and like that but you know the situation was that when tim dog was supposed to fight i felt like you know the no show when they, I was like, why did they introduce him if they didn't think he was there? So right. that that told me that he was supposed to be there. Right. When he didn't show up, I just came back to the ring and I boxed again. Did you volunteer to fight? To the second fight? Yeah, I did. I did it. Yeah. I, what happened was when they you just came out of a fight. I just finished the fight. Right. And what happened is when I was going back to the when, <laughs> no when Black Poet was Black Poet was um leaving the ring, and he gave me a high five. And dislocated my shoulder, <clears throat> so my boy Shorty Dog, rest in peace, he popped it back in the sh- into place. Was this the first time your shoulder had been dislocated? Ever, okay. And he, I heard that's the most painful shit ever. That man. shit, man, that shit hurt. <laughs> that shit hurt like a broken heart, my man. <laughs> that shit hurt like a fucking. So he 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 popped it back in. I was able to move it, but it was really sore. So I fought the second fight with more of my left hand right. than my right hand, and I and I and I I, I dropped him a couple times. I won. I wanted to fight and shout out to Dope E, man, because he didn't have to fight me. Right. But he did. And I got two belts and I gave him the second belt anyway. Because he wasn't he because was supposed he, to fight somebody he, yeah, in a he different could, technically, class. Technically, he won by forfeit right. with the other fight. But right. I wanted him to be in New York and not realize you had to fight for that belt. That right. was what I told him. I said, you got to fight for that belt. And I gave him the second i gave him the belt anyway like i won the belt i held it up i took a picture with two belts and then i gave him the that's some honorable shit man i mean i didn't want the belt right I, I got, you, got, you already you got, got, got one. one you know what i mean now you think something like that could happen in 2014 man 
when niggas be boxing in dresses and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Scratching each other. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. I'm man. sure there's a couple cats that would, would mind. Would get it in. in. Right. Yeah, you know. You know, I mean, when Kanye West is out this motherfucker going hard on niggas, you know what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you know, and I mean I look at it like this. I look at it like this. Have you do you have issues with Kanye? No, nah, not at all. Okay. I, I think I think Kanye's dope. I like Kanye West. I think Kanye West is talented. Right. I think I remember. I remember one time I called him emotional. Which you, you called him out a couple of years ago. Yeah, but I wasn't when I said when I said that I kind of prejudged him. You know what right. I mean? And I kind of I kind of um I look at him different now because I see where he's coming from. And I know there's a lot of cats that that get at him about his clothes. I don't give a fuck what he wears. I don't care about his all that other shit he do and all that fashion shit he do that's one thing I'm, right. when i look at him musically and what he's been through and the struggle he had to come through this to get in this business i got a lot of respect for that guy yeah man. i'm glad you because i'm emotional too yeah. so i kind of i kind of look at it as you know when i when i say i'm emotional i'm passionate there's a difference mm. between passion and just being a bitch you know what i mean, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know he got a lot of passion yeah. you know he got a, you know I, i've been i've been emotional in this game where i took things to heart that i could have probably let roll off my shoulder right. and shit but that comes with maturity and it comes with you know growing up and now, i i, I prejudged kanye also man yeah. until i realized that the, that he, he really in front of our eyes was changing the game yeah i respect i respect anybody that can say you know, fuck the president. He don't like black Ooh. people, man. I like that shit, yo. I like the fact that he said that. A lot of people try to say, oh, my God, did he just say that? Yeah, he said it, motherfucker. And, and I believe On it. live TV. Uh, not even live not, TV. Not he, even on Instagram. Motherfucker he, standing next to him. He, Mike Myers. Mike Myers' face was like. You know what's crazy? <laughs> did, you, did you hear the, the news story recently yeah. where Mike Myers came out and said, you know what? He shocked the fuck out of me, but he was 100% right. Yeah, of course. I mean, of course he'll say that now. Yeah, it's safe. It's safe. He, he, he's on the sidelines. Yeah, it's it's you know safe I mean? now. He, he's not standing in the middle. He's not standing on a 50-yard line with, right. with, 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 with a black dude who said that about the president. You know what I mean? But what's the difference between saying that and posting on a, a, somebody saying, you know, calling Barack Obama the N-word or you know, not calling him President Barack Obama, just saying Obama. Like, right. You know what I mean? So there's different ways to approach how you say things. As long as you're honest about your feelings, I guess, you know, let's, let's we could even take that back to some of the shit that's being said, you know, about rap, about legendary rappers. I mean, you can't really knock a person for their opinion and, 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 and if they're really passionate about how they feel, but there's a difference between that and, and just buffoonery. Right. And when somebody just being a fucking idiot and saying, you know, oh, fuck this guy. He's old. Or he's corny. Or he's who the fuck up. are you? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit is cornball shit. It's disrespect. Me. You could be, you could be, you could, you don't have to agree, but you don't have to be disrespectful. Yeah. I think that, I, you know what I miss? I'm going to tell you what I really miss. I miss shit like Jack the Rapper and, and, mm. and, 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 uh. Where you had to be in the same yeah, building with know, motherfuckers. Those kind of, those kind of events, man. Yeah. It would be nice to see some, some kind of camaraderie in the culture again where somebody takes it upon themselves to say you know what you know let's let's get together and do these forums where we can put guys like a red alert and and a chuck chill out and all these legendary djs who who set the tone for right. these radio guys you know even 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 to have a, a level of guys like a funk master flex schooling the newer guys right. or and those guys are you know the the DJ clues of the of the game, telling people how radio works and helping people to understand why it's that way. Right, that, that, that shit you know doesn't I mean? exist. That anymore. would be dope to like have like those yeah. yeah those kind of panel things and then having performing. I mean, I used to perf I performed at well they used to have those little uh those little uh 
industry events in, in Atlantic City and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was... Mm. uh. Fuck, I used to love Remember that shit. Shits? It wasn't Jack the Rapper, but it was, uh, I can't think about that shit yeah, right now. They used to have those in, 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 in Atlantic to, City. Yeah, yeah. Atlantic City. I go to I go to the hotels and, and I have shows in front of just specific people, you know, performing. I got, you know, shows in front of specific uh, label execs and, 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 and people been privately invited to right. these particular shows so that they can you know see your ability and tell you what you need what were your weak points what were your strong points it was and that was to me what what artists so de- art, artist artist development, development shit, right, you know what i mean right, they don't have that shit no more it's like you you get on some, your own beat. get some rhinestones put them in your hat <laughs> put a, vid- a video up of yourself and niggas just like yo oh, you that? got a million hits they, they yo, have the yo, internet now. my up. man my man you got it i know i like your record but you should hear my man <laughs> shit though <laughs> you know i tell you having said that you know and and it's like makes so much sense touching on that topic you know and being a dude that's a, a you know passionate uh, about his business how do you deal with this you know disagreements or arguments through social media where where it seems to be where that's all people hang out on now like you know nobody wants yeah. to meet face to face i mean you know what it's not i don't think it's that bad i think i think a lot of complaining about social networking is is just overrated because to me the interaction, I like the interaction with the people, man. And, and, and if you're going to step in the arena, you got to be built for it. I mean, if you, you get to the point where it gets out of hand, then you, you block a motherfucker. You disengage. You got, all, <laughs> you got all of these options. So you know, what the fuck you complain you know, Sean Price is the best at that. Like, whenever he argues with somebody and they're like, blocked. Yeah, you block them. You know I mean, it, <laughs> hey, listen. And then, I mean, to me, that's, that's like shutting the door. And it is what it is. So, I mean, I, I think. Being able to communicate with your fans directly, man, is awesome. It's like to hear cats say, "Yo, Fox, man, I could give you, I could tell you some incidents." I, one cat say, "Yo, Fox, man, I love when you did um, Militia. That shit is hot, man." And 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 uh, I quoted that verse, man. And you know, you you give, you know, you interact with this guy. Another guy say, "Man, fuck Freddie Fox, man. That nigga, <laughs> that nigga's a bitch. You know what I mean? I'll beat his ass. I'll fuck him up." But he's tweeting this shit. So I mean, what am I supposed to do? Kick my computer and shit? Like, give me the, your address. Yeah, Where like, are you at? I'm yeah, coming like, to you see you right go, now. You know what I mean? How much <laughs> money I spend in flights chasing shit like that? That shit is corny. It's like, but, but. If you interact with him, once you reply, now you got to open dialect. You got to engage. Oh, I'm a bitch. What makes you think I'm such a bitch? If I'm such a bitch, then, you know, let, tell me what gives me bitch status, motherfucker. Then, then you start going at a a, a, a a war of wits with somebody that you don't know. It's like right. arguing with the invisible man. Mm. You know, sometimes that shit is not. <laughs> not well, we had um this cat, Anil Dash, on the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And Anil Dash is his brother who uh, is a tech dude. He was on the ground floor of a lot of like these, like his friends mm-hmm. started Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he has this philosophy where, you know, most of these cats that are saying fuck Combat Jack or fuck Premium Peter or fuck Freddie Fox, mm-hmm. these motherfuckers, if you really look, they might have 23 or 72 or the magic number for me is that these motherfuckers always have like 89 followers, mm-hmm. right? So here you are, you got a certain, you know, several thousand followers. Mm-hmm. The minute you engage this l- dude, like because this dude has so little followers, mm-hmm. if you ignore the motherfucker, there's no echo mm-hmm. on his tweet. Right. But the minute you even retweet this motherfucker, you just extended his life period yeah, two days yeah. or two weeks or whatever. So sometimes if, if these, even if it gets under your nerves, if these motherfuckers, and I don't want to say anybody is irrelevant, right? But in terms of the social media blip, 
if they're irrelevant, just ignore these motherfuckers. I don't I don't I don't really think that um that matters how many followers they got right. because it's the fact that they're willing to say how they feel, whether they really feel like that about you. That is to me, you got to be built for it. If you if you willing to get on social network and you could call, if I could call out Ebro and say some shit like I said to Ebro, why can't a motherfucker say that shit to me? Right, who the fuck course. am I that I can't get cussed out or told off and shit? You know what I'm saying? Like who that? Let's get, let, if, it, if real is real, dog, right. it ain't got nothing to do with anything. Like if I'm gonna say something to somebody else then somebody could say something to me right. you can't be a, a hoe and just be like oh i'm not gonna don't talk shit to me mother who the fuck are you you know what i'm saying like yo it's so cr- you, fuck be, you, you be blocking motherfuckers man i have blocked cats i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you when i did my most blocking right when i when i had a, there was a fourth it was on the fourth of july a few years back and i said <laughs> i said <laughs> i said while everybody's out there barbecuing chicken and, and, and sucking on barbecue chicken legs and sucking the bone marrow out of barbecue chicken and all that shit. Don't forget how many lives that America has ruined mm. in the past. And I, I was passionate about that right. because people seem to forget about the history of this country. Yeah, this is America is a great country. You can't, but they don't never want to look at the, the bad both side. sides. Right. You know what I'm saying? So i made that statement. Oh man, it was motherfuckers starting new accounts to call me a nigga. So you see, you know what? It was people. <laughs> you started them. them you, you got under them tea party. I got the Ku Klux eggs on my neck. <laughs> it was, and I'm telling you, and, and people were saying, yo, Fox got mad hate going on. And I was, I would go back to your country. You black motherfucker gorilla. And don't, I mean, I'll go back to Africa and all this old shit. I mean, you, and That's then a whole different level. They man. was logging off. Their regular accounts, probably people who said, hey, Bumpy, man, I love the militia. You know what I mean? Hold up. What did he just say? Hold on a yep. second. Everybody who, most of the people who said that, what, they were the egg. The new new follower. The new follow, The new, new egg. The new, new member yeah. logo. And they had one follower. Uh-huh. So, so I knew what it was. But that right there was like, I felt, okay, okay, this is getting out of hand. Yeah. My fucking wrist was hurting from blocking yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. It was too much. It was too much. It was to the point where it started to be, get to the point where, okay, now I can't say nothing about historically about civil rights. Because that's what I was really talking about. Right. Because those motherfuckers. I wasn't talking. See, see, a lot of people thought I was talking about slavery. Right. I didn't even go back that far. Because I was, I was talking about the whole water holes and motherfuckers mm. and, 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 and people getting hit with, with bit dogs sicked on them and you can't sit here and signs that said whites only drink this water and you blacks drink this water and Emmett Till and all of the stuff that I was, I was talking about that because they forget that that happened in this country. You know what I mean? And you got a whole era of cats like the Jesse Jacksons of the world and all of the Al Sharptons of the world that everybody gun at so much that lived through that era, you know, Martin Luther King being killed and Malcolm X, who was, was one of my heroes. I love Malcolm X, man, who was his whole ideology on, 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 on standing up for yourself and all that helped design my personality in some sense and a lot of other people's personalities. But, you know, when everybody always, it's, it's nothing wrong with waving the American flag, but just don't forget what there's that blood flag, on that, there's blood that on that flag. flag is about. And this is what public enemy talks about. Right. And this is what other people talk about. So, Stop trying to wash away the legacy the of, legacy of America in totality. You have to speak on that. You know what I mean? Don't always talk about the good stuff. You know, 
But then when you start telling people to go back to Africa, how are you going to go steal motherfuckers from a country and then when you <laughs> finish with them, you go tell them to go nah, the fuck B, back the, home? The only time I've ever been nervous on Twitter is when I when I shake that beehive that's some Tea Party motherfuckers. I'll be like, oh. Oh, yeah. I, I think I said something about Ann Coulter once or I retweeted her and said some right, shit. Right, right. And them Tea Party, them T-Cot, hashtag T-Cot motherfuckers started coming at me. I was yeah. like, yo. I gotta log off because that shit is that shit is too overwhelming. Yeah, it gets that, to, that, that's that crazy. You get to see their real feelings at, yeah. at, at some point, and it's like, but I like, can deal with this rap beef shit. But yeah. that that whole other shit, let me yeah. let me log well, off, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, you got you gonna always expect somebody at one point to say something to you, of course. That that ain't pro you, right. you know what I mean? And but professionals at that shit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, but that's what it is. It's it's the same with Facebook. Like like honestly, it, it, it it's kind of sad when you see so many black women fighting in videos on facebook i stopped watching that shit yeah. dog i i see i can see the you, you'll see the frozen screen of the, of the bras pulling each other hair out and shit i just delete that shit or either mm. i'll just go right past i can't watch that shit. Yo, some motherfucker sent me some shit today graphic pregnant woman i was like i'm not what? nah like uh, what it's pregnant good. woman fighting another woman brutal i'm like i'm what all right, I got, I got, right. I got the memo. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean, we we were younger, man. We did some crazy, I did some crazy shit when I was a younger dude, man. But now, I see, you know, I got daughters. You right. know what I mean? So I look at that. I said, yeah, man, I can't imagine. Like I seen a video the other day of this young dude, man, and there, there was there was a group of guys standing, and there was a girl trying to stop one dude from slapping another girl, and it was a young dude, and he kept slapping the girl, reaching around the other girl, and slapping in her face. And everybody was saying they was mad about it. So I said, you know, just imagine your daughter walk out of her house. Oh, I love you, daddy. I'll see you later. And she go off to, to wherever she going, her friend house or whatever. And a few blocks away from you, she's up against a wall, scared to death. And some dude is smacking her in her face. You know what I mean? And you and you got to see that shit. Somebody posting it on Worldstar. You know, right off the bat, dog. You know, you you go you you about to, to get jail. them bracelets on you because you got to you mm-hmm. going to jail. You not going. I'm you, going to jail, B. You know what I mean? I just think that there should be some sort of a, accountability for people who upload this shit and and put that shit on on the internet. I mean, like you know what? And at the same token, you know, people can say, yeah, but nigga, your records. You talking your records? You know, that's I'm rapping about how I feel. I'm not standing. That's expression. That's expression. That's, I'm yeah. not standing in the street condoning. A, a 17, 16, 17 year old boy slapping some young girl right. in the face. I, right. I'm just not feeling that. Yeah. It's just, and that's just how it is. I, I, I don't, I don't get, I, I don't, I can't rock with that. Yeah, and then, and that posting shit. that shit and, and dudes, and they're taking pride in posting that shit. Like, what are you gaining from it other than, oh, look, I got the most views or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just corny. It's crazy. You know, um, I want to talk about, you know, a couple more questions. I'm not going to keep you too long. I'm man. here. You, I'm you, here, you, brother. You've been you're such a great guest, man. I'm here, man. But um, Fuck everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just found out, man, that that you was one of the cats that, that held Nas down. Nas. During, I love Nas. During man. a difficult period of his life, man. Like, I didn't know you had a, a, a strong relationship with Nas. Yo, and, and I just found out that you held him down during when his mom was passing away and that mm-hmm. whole, like, jay-z ether takeover beef man yeah nas is number one let me just say this i know nas when we was recording um when when i was in power play recording and when he used to come around and be in the studio when eric b and rock was in studio nas is one of the best lyricists to ever touch the microphone in hip-hop and i'm i'm saying top three because his ability to 
put stories together, man. I mean, he got old rhymes that he ain't never said that a body a lot of these niggas whole albums. Like that's how dope <laughs> he is. He's dope. I went to his house one time. He lived in uh in Dick's Hills in this big giant mansion. So I'm like, damn, look at this house, man. I was like, yo, this house is crazy. So I walk in his house and shit. I'm looking. His beautiful mother was there, man, and I gave a hug and, and he and we, we went upstairs and he went into his room. Nas had a bed in his room and on his floor was books everywhere. And he was just picking through these books, reading books. He's a very wise cat, a lot of knowledge, man. And I mean, just he's so humble. His He's so humble that it, it makes you almost humble yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a spiritual thing going on with him, too, that people ain't really don't really know either. You know, because I remember my mom's at that time of his of his life when he was dealing with the whole battle thing. I took him to see my mother, you know, and my mom's a very spiritual woman. And she was she was going back and forth with him about the Bible. And was, she was teaching him things about the Bible. And he was going back and forth about the Bible. And I was sitting on the couch snoring because I just had some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I know this already. Mom's been dealing with right. me from, from birth. But Nas is a wise dude. I mean, like, he's wise beyond his years. Like, you know, and I felt like, to me, you know, we, we we went in the studio. We was working at the crib. We were just, I was just rolling with him because I felt like I needed to be around him because, he wasn't really rolling with nobody. I mean, he had his crew, you know, Jungle and his brother, and and, and they definitely didn't need me. Right. But, you know, I can remember being at when he went to Hot 97, you know, and, and they went upstairs, and I was downstairs in the front, you know, with, um, with, and I was, I was strapped, and I was downstairs waiting for him to come down, but I was watching his back because he, he, he was, we wasn't sure what what it was right there was a lot going on because it was a time. lot because i didn't want to see another tupac right biggie thing go down and i know my man big chuck was rocking with jay-z so i wasn't worried about nothing because i knew chuck was rocking with jay-z is right. my this is my dog like this right. is you know what i mean this is one of my niggas and i'm one of his niggas as we rock like that so but you also knew he was on the other also side. also knew he was on the other side right. but i trust him because i like this he this is a guy who i, I, I rock with like right. that but you know, I seen it was crazy because I kind of I kind of seen a lot of things, sneaky things going on, you know, I was, like like what? Just just like like when I went to Hot 97 one one night, I've seen dudes like it was cats that was around. That was around Nas that was like, you know, they was do they was there, but they wasn't on point point. Mm. You know, what I mean, some of them some of them was on point. Some of them wasn't on point. They I don't think they and I don't think it was for any other reason other than they wasn't believing that it was that serious. Right. I don't think it was that they wasn't trying. They so wasn't they wasn't that built like that to be that alert. I don't know if they was built like, like I could say like there were certain dudes, like I know jungle is, he, he was always on his game. Um, um, what's my man name? The, my, the big dude, the, the brother, the big dude, horse, horse, my man, horse was always on his game. You know what I mean? It was cats like that, that was on their game, you know, but, when you get like certain other cats that was around, they was just, you know, it was other cats around, you know, it was a, that was on their game, but it was certain cats that wasn't in, in the normal crew right, right. that was not on their game. And I felt like, you know, Nas needs somebody to really, really watch it. This ain't about rap fame and being on top. 
Nas needs somebody to really look out, make sure that he got a presence around him that that knows like if you shoot, we shoot him back, or right. you don't get a chance to shoot, we shoot back. Right. I didn't want it to be that, but you know how the shit is. Yeah, I just thought I was. And, and, that, and that beef was real primal, beef. and radio was pumping it up. Yes, and it could have been fire. It could have it could have been Brooklyn versus Queens, right. and it could have been. I didn't want to see that. I wanted or it to Harlem be, versus. I mean, it was started getting. Crazy. Yeah, I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be. Um. Rhymes versus rhymes. Jay Z versus Nas. I wanted Nas it to be that because right. Jay is nice, Nas is nice, and, and and I wanted it to be that. I didn't want it. I didn't want to see Nas hurt. I didn't want to see Jay in the middle of nothing that right. caused him to be hurt. You know what I mean? That shit would have been whack, yo. What kind of conversations were y'all having during that that time? Wow, man, we just talked about a lot of shit. Um, well, we talked about approach, you know, to 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 MC and in this battle shit at one point because you know. you're a skilled battle rap you have yeah. a lot of battle i mean yeah. you fought you battled kane i mean i remember telling i remember saying to Nas, yo you gotta i said yo Nas, you better clown dude man because mm. you can't Nas is smart you know Nas. Nas is lyrically intelligent intellectual he knows how to pin it so he don't need nobody to write for him or tell him how to do it but i just was like he everywhere we went we ran into tracy morgan we ran at all the studios where I was going. You would see all these people coming around him. The kind of people that come around Nas, you would bug out when you say, oh, shit. Like, you know, we run into people and they're like, yo, you got to really get at this dude in right. a way that, you know, that really puts him, makes people. Because to me, the best battle MC is one that gets that crowd response when right. you say like like what, what Kane is good at, you know, you could be an intellectual, lyrical, irical, miracle, lyrical motherfucker all you want to. Right. That shit only works on records. It does not work on stage when you battling somebody. You need to have them every four bars. You got to, the crowd got, the music got to drop, the DJ dropped the music, and the crowd got to go, oh, you, shit. You, you got to feed the savages. Got to feed them. Right. That's that, them punchlines. You need punchlines when you nice like that. You know what I mean? And Nas is, is, you know, both of them have the ability. Right. You know, so I didn't really tell him how to do it or I ain't really, t I just kind of was giving him you my, gotta clown him. my opinion right. on how I felt it should go. And whatever he listened to, he listened to. Whatever he didn't, he didn't. But he didn't need me to tell him anything because he knew where he was going to go with it. I just was there as moral support to right. say, yo, dog, I feel you on this. You got to do what you got to do. Just be sharp. I was like a, I was like a in the background, like a assistant coach. Assistant coach, you know, just kind of saying you like, had like the, the hand pads. Yeah, just be, you know. <laughs> I didn't. I'm not taking no credit right. for nothing. I'm don't don't get me wrong. But Nas is my little brother, man. I love him, man. He's a. I like where he is with himself, like in his career now. You know, I, whenever he's an he, elder statesman, man. whenever he goes through shit, he knows how to pin it to to let the world see it. Like like I love that he did the daughter's record right, right after. If you look at what happened before that, yes. How he just took, he lives his life, his music is his life, man. When he was a young kid coming to the lab, he was the same way, man. He was very observant, you know, and, and, and he was so very. So you knew what type of cat he was before he even. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, look, you know, being around dudes like Large Professor and Cool G Rap and, and you know, how could you not be a lyricist? Right. How could you not, you know, have talent? And Cool G Rap inspired you. Yeah, of course. G Rap was, I mean, we, we're peers, but at the same token. You know, it's just like the showbiz and AG thing. G-Rap gave me my first opportunity to rock on a on a collaboration with anybody. You know, he put me on Money in the Bank. Mm. You know what I mean? And I remember Akinelli was in that session. 
You know what I mean? And uh, Large Professor was in that session. These guys all spit. You know what I mean? And and he when he put me on that record, I was I was grateful for that. You know what I mean? Because he didn't have to do that, right. but he but he did it because he knew I could handle myself. Right. You know, anybody who puts me on their song, they gotta know they're doing it for a reason. They're not doing me a favor, but they're doing it for a reason. They're saying, "Yo, I'm doing this because I know this motherfucker's gonna bring it." Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that and G Rap knew that. You know, because he was G Rap. Matter of fact, G Rap and Polo got together because Eric B put them together. You know what I mean? Eric B put that together. Right. So when Eric B, when I'm running with Eric, that's what that was about. I met G Rap through Eric B, and I was like, "Yo, this nigga can go, man. He was a he's a beast. Like, he's beast. That nigga's nasty yeah. to this day. Yeah. He's nasty. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of my favorite MCs to this day is G Rap. You know, you you one of the things that you don't talk about a lot, but I I, I caught this one of your interviews, man, and I thought this was very uh, fascinating. Was you were very descriptive, man, about your your spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. You know, you you grew up like you t- you just mentioned your moms, and you said that you grew up in a, a Baptist household. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you outgrew that in a sense, uh, you started looking at the five percenters. Yeah, and then you you graduated to Islam right. and started traveling, and then really started looking at the teachings of Buddhism. Yeah, where, where are you on this journey right now? You know what. I believe that spirituality is self-contained and I believe that, you know, when you design the person you are, you know, you know that there's some kind of a superpower above us or some kind of a spiritual power above us and everybody can name it what they want to name it. And I watched, I, I, I was running most of the, most of the street guys that I knew were all Muslims. So that's when I was, you know, I was introduced to Islam through, through Muslims you know, and I took a Shahada in in the 90s, you know, 90, 93, 94. I took Shahada at Master the Taqwa in Brooklyn. And one of the best experiences I ever had was being able to build with Muslims who, who would teach you how to be, you know, a good father in the in, in your family and tell you that, you know, being a man. You know, cause I used to, I, I, I was, I, I'm gonna keep it funky with you all the way funky. I was pimping hard body mm-hmm. when I when I got in this business and and and, and right that's where KRS One came and got me from when I did Rough Rough. I was downtown getting money, pimping, 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 fifty toes on the block, pimping <laughs> hard. Right. You know what I mean? Um, purse first, ass last, pimping hard. Getting okay. Paper and. He came and said, yo, man, I need you on this record, man. You got to get out of here, man. Come on, jump, you know. And so I had, hold on. How, 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 could, how did he pull you from, because the pimp game. I was busy. You, I was, you so focused on that money. I was, trying, he, I was trying to build a studio. Okay. So I figured, you know, I, I, I never really cared for the drug game like that. Right. Because I felt like the drug game was, you know, you end up killing your friends. Mm-hmm. Because you see that, you know, when you see, you know, Poe and Rich and, you know, and, and, and all of the things that happen in the drug game, not just them, but, you know, you see guys who grew up together, man, that decide to start hustling together and they can pull a gun on you and shoot you because he want all the money or you shorted him or sold him a brick for two. I just never. Something spiraled out of control. Yeah, it just, to me, it was different. You know what I mean? And I wanted felony money with a misdemeanor charge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like it. Ah, I like you know? that. You know, so I said. You know, I, I I was doing it, and then and then all of a sudden, and I, and that's something. That, and I'm gonna be honest with you, it's not something I was proud of. It was something I had to do because I felt. But you know, 
I felt like, you know, I have to get this money, man, because I'm not going to get the kind of money I need to build this studio because I I had shot a hole in the speaker at Powerplay because the guy <laughs> fucked my mix up after I told him not to go do it. So they, they barred me from there. Hell yeah, they barred you, They man. barred me. They barred me because I was so <laughs> mad. You know, let me just say why I did it, though. And, I mean, I'm saying I'm, I'm not justifying. I'm right. just telling you, I, I did a mix. I had a nice mix going. And Powerplay Studio was a little funny because if you didn't know how the room was, you know, and, and anybody can tell you this. Doc Rodriguez could tell you this. Uh, Chris Conway could tell you this. Any of those great legendary engineers, engineers. can tell you this. You could go to your car with a tape and it would sound totally different the bass would be gone so i told this guy i said listen i got this mix perfect you know don't you know don't change it i'm i gotta run in you know i, I want to get some cassettes there was no interns at the time i said i'll run down the block so i shot down the block to get some cassettes from and, and, and uh, just just let me put this as a side people really don't know that you are a producer like oh, you, absolutely. you know the studio oh word up you're not just like you mentioned earlier you're not just some cat that goes yeah, in and like i know it you you're you you know had boards. to learn it. Had to learn it right. because I and you learn from Herbie. You learn from Herbie I, I, Love. I, I you learn from, from the best. I learn from Herbie. I learn from Doc. I learn from uh, Chris Conway. I learn from um, uh, uh, I learn from Herb Powers. I, I, I learned from all of those dudes mastering and all that stuff. So so what I did was I went to get the cassettes. I came back and the dude had fucked my mix up. Right. I'm like, yo, dude, I just told you not to touch this shit. Like I've spent hours getting this shit just like i wanted it and he screwed it up so i got pissed off and had a 38 in my pocket and i bow and i shot the speaker you wasn't trying to shoot him nah wasn't trying to shoot him i just i just got mad and shot the speaker <laughs> i was i was young and out of control same room i did money in the bank and right, i right. shot the speaker so they barred me tony tony Arfie barred me from the He's studio like, freddie this, this is that was my way. second that was my second chance that he gave me though. right okay because he warned me before because it, I, I i pulled a knife on another cat that came in my session and <laughs> fucked up my shit and i and i and i held the knife to him i said yo and he was fucking the kid kept interrupting me when i was working and i right. got angry and i told him to fall back so i put the knife to his neck and i walked him out the room and I, and, and I walked him out into the lobby and let him go and then tony said listen don't ever pull a knife on anybody in my studio this is the last time i'm warning you next time you're out okay i won't pull out a knife i said no problem so i pulled the gun the next time <laughs> and i shot the, i shot the whole shit. so he bought me but lo and behold he bought me so something happened where you know um me and me and uh we had a little incident with with the crew and i couldn't go on the road with eric and Ra. i'll leave it at that okay so eric said yo fox man you know um you can't go out with us this time. So I was like, fuck, man. I, you know, because I was looking forward. I should make my money like that. Right. So he said, he threw me the keys to his Rolls Royce. So I was like, oh, word? I bet. So, I, you know, I had a little paper and shit. So I went out, bought me a nice little suit. Dad, you know, got dressed up and shit. And I drove through Manhattan. Pre-Steve Harvey days, right? Yeah, word. <laughs> so I drove, I drove through Manhattan and shit. But, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't suited like that. I just had on a nice little slacks like you know like linen shit right. so i drove through the city man and then uh you know i seen all the girls hustling i was like these niggas just getting it out here i wasn't about to spend no money on no chicks because that's not my thing i don't rock like that right. but i just looked at how they was making so much bread and i was like i gotta get back in the studio so the police was with a cab had hit this prostitute on the west side highway her knee was up by the back of her neck she oh. was twisted like so i jumped out right and i looked at this girl and i said yo you want to end up like that? She's like, no. I said, come on, go with me. And she jumped in the car 
And when she jumped in the car, she said, drive me to Jersey. She drove me to Jersey. And she went you in a drove whole, her to, I, I drove her to Jersey. Yeah. And she went in, she went in, she went in a room. She drove with me to Jersey. I drove her to Jersey. She went to a hotel room and she went under the mattress and she took all this money and put it in a bag and gave it to me. Get the fuck out of here. And it ain't never been the same since. <laughs> Real story. And I said, oh shit. And I, and. So pimping was in your blood, because it, 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 it just it, happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I went at her, but I, I wasn't, I was, I was kind of going at it in a way, you know, she broke herself, you right. know what I mean? And, and, and that's how, I'll leave it there, you know what I mean? And, it, and it, it, it just escalated from there. I started hustling, 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 and I was like really trying to stack some paper so I can get it. And I met some cool dudes down there that, you know, was showing me some ropes and saying, yo, man, this is, you know, you got to get off that goon shit, man. You down no, here. No gorilla pimp. Yeah, I was, nah, you down, I wasn't really, it was like, you got to get off that goon and shit and stop doing this and this. And then people always talked about me hustling. They used to come down there and they didn't believe it. And they would see it and be like, yo, that nigga really doing that shit. Like, you know, but I had a lot of clients that was rappers and shit. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I didn't have the clients the girls did. You right. know, they, 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 you know, I, I would never blow none of these niggas up, but. You know, it was a lot of dudes that was coming down there spending a lot of money. And I was like, you know, I'm in the studio getting calls like, yeah, he wants a discount. I'm like, what the fuck? I got coochie coupons and shit. Like, <laughs> fuck out of here with that shit. You know? Yo, that's so crazy, you man. Know? A rapper in the game pimping chicks to other rappers. It's so yeah. crazy. Me so, know? I mean, I built a studio off that shit. That, you know what I mean? That's crazy. The ladies built me a studio and then everybody had their money and kept it moving and shit. And, and then, then you, you mentioned that KRS got you out of that? KRS like? one came down there one night and was like, yo, I need you on this rough, rough record, man. You got to. You got to come to the studio and do this joint. And here's here's the here's the beauty of that story, man. I got a message one day, and and I believe God sent me a message, and He said, "Yo, I'm gonna give you." He, my first daughter was born, mm. and I said, "Yo, I never do that shit again, mm. ever." I deaded it right there, like soon as I realized that my 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 oldest daughter's mother was pregnant and it was a girl, I deaded that shit. You know what I mean? Because I seen what what it, I seen what it was. Right. You know what I mean? And I was, and I mean that was the lesson that I learned. I was like, you know, I, when he gave me the daughter, I was like, oh fuck that. Yeah, it's a whole different game. Like, Whoa, hold up! You, you gotta have, you gotta be somebody. You gotta have a different type of. Context. I changed my number. Chicks was calling to break themselves, and I was, they was like, get dee, 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 the number you. Re-. I just deaded it. Right. Everything was dead. Right. So, you know, I started, I started seeing a different vision at that point. You know, the good thing was I had a studio already, so right. I, I had no reason you, to go you made forward. Your money. I made enough money to build me a studio, and once you got a, a real working recording studio, you can you gonna always be able to. If you know, I had to figure out the studio game. The value of the of the stuff I was buying was high value, right. and I was able to trade shit in, get better shit. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to do that. The equipment no that you had, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I was doing it from state to state at first, and then when I, my daughter was born, I was like, "Fuck this!" That's I'm, crazy. I'm I'm dead. I dead it is. So. That's crazy. Yeah. Last story, man. Last question, man. Because you, I mean, there's so much to ask you, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I didn't even get into like the whole Eric B and Rakim and the pain in full days, but mm-hmm. the, but the last story, man, because mm-hmm. I think just speaks to like the totality of the cat that you are, man. Right. Right. Um, the incident that happened a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. at SOBs oh, where, yeah. that got captured on, you know, this is like, you know, like cats had heard stories about you, but this is the first time cats really saw an image of what Freddie Fox was in the digital age, man, where yeah. some cat was in this, you, you were at SOBs. Um, 
Oh yeah, we was at, I was uh, I was up upstairs and I got a phone call. Were, were you performing that night? Nah, I, I came to perform. I stacked select to call me and say, "Yo, I need you to do me a solid bump. Would you please come and do industry shakedown right. for me at, at at my event?" And I was like, you know, he was he and I were great to do a, an album together. So I was like, you know what, I'll come out and do a fuck it. You know, I got there. Me and one of my me and two of my guys was there, and I sat upstairs and I was just watching the show. I was enjoying the show. I seen Lord C and few of the cats up there and, and, and uh Panchi <laughs> from the NYGs called me. He said, Yo, Bump, where you at? I said, I'm down, I'm upstairs. He said, Yo, come downstairs, man. We downstairs, you know. So I came downstairs and uh I when I got down, I see it was like a bunch of people kind of huddled up in one area. When you come down the stairs, they was huddled up. And then I came down and I went over and and I and I I seen this cat who was kind of, you know, I don't know, he, he was just on in front of the camera, just kind of going at the camera saying shit about you know new york is is the rotten apple or some shit he was saying and i was like he was saying he said he never seen the apple so shiny or something like that and meaning like you know new york was soft and it gotten soft and i felt like i didn't know he was from new york mm. so i kind of took offense to him being in new york shitting on new york shitting on new york and he was i didn't know he was from new york right so he when 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 i came down the stairs he turned up a little bit like he looked over in my direction and I seen him turn it up even more. He's like, seen you. Yeah. He, he saw me come down because the cameras kind of went like that when I came down. He was like, oh, yeah, Freddie Fox. Boom. And then he turned up. And then I was like, you know, when he did that, I almost took it almost as if he was saying, you know, like, yeah, it don't matter. Fox is here. Whoever the fuck is here. Like, you know, he said what he said. I, so I, I felt like it was a lot of cats that was uncomfortable. They were scared to address. The and that's guy. why these cats was huddled up. Right. They were scared to address them. And since some cats was not paying them no mind, not everybody was afraid of right. them. But what I did was I, my intention was just to tell them, yo, man, chill out, man. We backstage. You got a lot of cats back in. All that ain't, you know. But nigga, you backstage. You, you, you. you. Yeah, he wasn't. He was. He, I what I, my intention wasn't to get into no physical confrontation right. with him i just wanted to tell him just yo man just you know be easy be like you know we ain't got to do all that we back here you know i didn't know who he was with i didn't know none of that shit come to find out he was with some guys i love man you know what i mean he was with some cats um from duck down that i really mm. fuck with you know what i mean tech and all them dudes man you know he was i got love for them niggas he's a brooklyn cat <laughs> yeah you know and um i approached him and i said yo my dude man what's what what is it about new york that's so fucked up that you know that i don't know right so he started talking to me, but his hands, we was kind of close together, and his hands was moving around in my face. So I was, it, it, anything in my lungeable range, right. I want to make sure that I let people know, dog, like, let's not do too much movement with the hands. Just keep the hands down. And he was looking at me. He said, nigga, listen, all that shit about, listen, I'm going to address what you're talking about, but don't be telling me to keep my motherfucking hands down. <laughs> <laughs> the nigga kind of checked me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, yo, I was like, what, nigga? Like, I'm, I'm coming over here to talk to you peacefully, but you, he kind of turned up on me a little bit. And he, he proceeded to take his jacket off, right? Which I felt threatened, right? When he did that, I felt like he was like, when a nigga start taking his coat off when you're in a conversation, it's mm. about to go down. Right. It ain't no, you know, it ain't no, you know. And he's a big motherfucking dude. He wasn't no little nigga. He, his hands was big as my face. Like he's a, he's a big boy, right? And you know? he's hyped. Yeah, and he was turned up. He was, he was really turned up. And um, it, it it popped off. It was that's what happened. It just, boom. You know, we started rocking, and it is what it is. 
Now, and you didn't you you knew that pictures was being taken. You did you try to get those pictures, man? N- not the pictures. I wanted the video, right? You know, and I did I did get the video, and I and I know I know who got the video. So if anybody ever released the video, I'm at you because <laughs> I don't because I mean out of respect for out of respect for dude, you know. I, that wasn't my intention. Like right. I don't, I didn't want people to see me and this cat scrapping on the internet like that. I right. didn't want that. You know what I mean? I, I didn't want it to be that. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't supposed to be that. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like I, w- I wasn't gonna play into all that sucker shit. So, you know, homeboy and I had a fair fight. It was what it was. You know what I mean? I ain't got no animosity toward dude. Hopefully, he ain't got none towards right. me. And you know, I got phone calls from cats that fuck with him that say, "Yo, bump." You know, they were really respectful to me and I was respectful to them about it not going any further than right. that because it didn't have to be that. It was two men who had a confrontation and it was over after that. Were you so, surprised at the blow, like the the, the next day when you know, that shit really hit the internet? You know what pissed me off, though? I'm going to tell you what pissed me off. What pissed me off was when I dropped Collection and I reached out to Elliot Wilson and I said, yo, dude, why I ain't get no support on Rap Radar? You know, about with your album. Oh, well, you know, we only kind of, you know, do mainstream shit. You know what I mean? Only really mainstream. Oh, I was like, oh, okay, no doubt. That's what's up. But when I had that fight, my picture was a headline on his website. Mm. That bothered me a little bit. You know what I mean? Because Elliot is a dude that I fuck with. I'm, I'm, me and him was all right. And I took that a little personal because I felt like, dude, really? You're going to play a part of the fuckery now like you know what i mean like everybody already talking about the shit that i that most most of the shit that people talk about with me is yo stories you know what i mean and yeah. i always try to keep that shit out of the media because that's not that's not something i plan on doing right. if i'm walking down the street and i get into a situation with somebody or something happens that i did i'm always trying to suppress that shit right because i don't want i don't want that to be what you, you, you don't know, want to be attached to that yeah shit, man. i mean it happens you right. know motherfuckers get into shit every day or any day and it that some people are famous more for the bullshit they get into than you know the other shit that and really i've been trying to, to i've been trying to suppress that shit <laughs> and it's still there you know what I mean? i'm just trying i don't like that i want to make music that's right. what i do i right. want to make music and i rap how i rap and i rock how i rock but you know it, it, i grew up a certain way man i mean i mean i had a front yard a backyard i, I when i lived in nassau county in, in newcastle man we was we was if we was poor i didn't know it right but my mom's did her thing man she she raised somebody she said you better not come home with a loss you better not come home with with you know beat up or scratched up and none of that shit you know i got to work i had to be a man to be able to help take care of my brother and and when he, we was babies we was young boys man trying to fit in with 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 grown up shit because you know pops everybody got a story where they pops wasn't around right. and all that old shit but you know the bottom line is i don't want to i don't want my legacy to be oh fox beat this guy up or fox punched this guy but it seems like that shit is always in the forefront of some of the musical shit that i've done cats don't even listen to lyrics no more you know what i mean because if they did they wouldn't miss so much shit you know lyrically you know what i mean i love mop man i still think there's some of the top them niggas is dope like when you listen to their rhymes like people hear the energy and they hear the rah-rah shit but they're not listening to the lyrics and the quality of the rhymes these niggas is saying on their records it's like like ag and oc you know what i mean and guys like that really that really got bars you know buckshot shorty and and and, and tech and steel and these guys got bars you know what i'm saying like they rather talk about a nigga busting a nigga in the head with a bat or 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 who's fucking who or who 
you know, who's gay and who's not. Like, I don't want to talk about that corny shit, man. What about the music? That's the we're in the we're in the listening business, right. the music business. Let's talk music right now. So I always get those things to become the forefront of Freddie Fox and Bumpy right. Knuckles. And I'm trying to I try to suppress it. So it's not like I purposely go out and try to get into shit like some of these other dudes do. Right. But it just happens, man. You know, and I'm and I'm always like like how many niggas you know that would have a fight and knock a motherfucker out, wake him up and knock him out again and don't want the video on the internet. Yeah. I don't want that on the internet. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't I don't want that on the internet. You know what I mean? If I get into a scrap with a motherfucker or let's, a dude. And this shit right here, let's It's what it is, yeah. man. That's how it should be. That's old school shit. Yeah. Say on the end of note, if not music, what, what would you be doing? You know what? I want I w I don't know, man. I, I when I was younger, man, I wanted to um I wanted to I wanted to be an architect. You know what I mean? I wanted to be an architect. I was trying to, I was, I, I was a desire of mine to do that shit. You know what I mean? To design. Cause like, like every studio I ever had, I wanted, I did, I look at, like you see when I walked in here, I was like, yo, this is a nice room. You know what I mean? I know there can't be no flat walls in here. And I know all of this shit. Like people be bugging that I know these things, man. I like, I like that, man. I like to be able to use my brain to build things and, 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 uh, put things in place. You know what I mean? I, I, I like that shit. You know, I like, I like to be, I walk in the Home Depot, I get excited, man. I I got pictures of me building my shit myself and putting up the two by fours and, you know, showing. And, that's crazy. And, I, I love shit like that, man. It's just. Who would have knew that, man? Yeah, that's what I like to do, man. man. You know what I mean? I, I'm, 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 I'm a real man's man. Like, I, I like to be. You're handy with I'm, your shit. I, Yeah, I like that shit. You know what I mean? I know how to use. I got a toolbox in the back of my motherfucking truck and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know Snap I, on. With, with tools, not yeah, other you know, tools. I got, tools. I got hammers. No toolies. <laughs> Sawzalls and shit. I got all kind of shit. You know, I, I, I'm, that's the kind, I'm a construction dude. I know how to. You know what I mean? Even mechanics walk around with their tools. You know what right. I mean? That's what I said that. A lot of cats thought I just meant guns, <laughs> you know? But that was a real broad stroke statement. Right. You know what I mean? If, you are, if you're an artist, you know, you should have a, a means of drawing with you. Those are your tools. Right, if, right, you're, right. if you're a, a, a boxer, you know, you got to have your, your boxing gloves and your, your ability to use what you need to box as your tools and so forth and so on. So, I mean, you know, I, I I I like that architect shit. I, I mean, I never followed through with it because right. I because I know that what I wanted to do was I wanted to be able to you know somehow get into real estate and then build the houses myself right. and mm-hmm. build my own design and shit. And I got I got so sidetracked with you know being angry about shit that people did, man. So you know to spin all of that off, man. You know, I love Ebro, man. I love Steve Stout, man. I love I love um, uh, Rosenberg and all those. Guys. I love those guys, man. You know why I love them? Because the motherfuckers ain't me. Right. That's why I love them. Mm. <laughs> Niggas ain't me, and they're not gonna ever be me. They have to be them. Right. And I'm always gonna be Bumpy Knuckles. I'm always gonna be Freddie Fox. When I die, motherfuckers can come to my motherfucking funeral and say what the fuck they want about me. The bottom line is, I did this shit my fucking way, and I didn't let nobody's hate. Or nobody's bullshit stopped me from building the studios that I built, seven, eight studios I had. And I could walk in that motherfucker by myself, witness, by myself, produce my beats, record my vocals, mix my records, bass guitars, lead guitars, trumpets, horns, all the shit that I want to fuck with is in there. And did it by myself, B. 
I got I got no yo dude. John Cena, Chuck D, Sway, Spinderella. I mean a long list of motherfuckers I've interviewed on my show. I toured with Lloyd Price, Benny King, Jerry Butler, and Gene Chandler. I DJed on stage for legendary guys and 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 gave the the them a spin on their show that made it a little bit more current. Right. You know what I'm saying? I started my own radio show online, built the following behind that that brand. I'm building a new website, corruptmyradio.com, corruptmyradiolive.com. I'm doing all these one-liners that I put on the air and set on the air. I got people that follow my show. I got projects coming out, Black Card Album with Wayne Ski. I got Wisdom and Strength with, with Syree the Kid. Mm. Um, I got Real Spit with V Styles. I got all these different things. I got a catalog of music that I just can put out forever, man. And I did it the way I fucking wanted to do it without kissing nobody's ass, without buying no, paying nobody off. You know what I mean? A lot of these dudes going to always have a tag on their back that they, they fell victim to the, to the systems of way of doing things outside of their ability to do art. Right. And I didn't do that shit. And I still do it the way I do it. And I'm 47 years old. Yes, still, Freddie. Still yeah, get yeah. busy yes, on the Freddie, motherfucker. Yo, Freddie Fox, man. Word. Salutes, my G. My brother. And, and thank you, man. This has been great. Love it. You know, anytime you want to come through. This is Freddie Fox, Petey. This is Freddie Fox in the building. Word. Frank Sinatra said he did it his way, man. Bumpy like a motherfucker. Said, Bumpy yo, said he did it his way. Yo, Freddie, man, once again, man, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, man. Yes, and to anybody who listened to this interview, man, you know, please... Please don't take anything I said out of context. Take it in context. What I said is what I meant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bottom fucking line. Yo, but don't be coming at him sideways, though. Nah, you nah. get two-piece. Nah, I don't. What am I going to do? Cyber punch him, motherfucker? Hey, like, hey. Block no, him. Hey. Listen, internets, man. You know what this is, man. It's the Combat Jack Show. Dream those dreams and then man up and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Blow. Yes, and if you wake up famous, you wasn't sleeping. Yeah. Cheer. Numenati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.